Good evening. Welcome to the Oblivion Hello. Show. I'm Joe E.T. and this is... Dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm... <laughs> Dolphin substitute this week. Yeah, he was meant to be going away. I don't think he went in the end, but... Uh, we've no, got a... no, he's having a night off. He's having a night off. We got an upgrade anyway. Got the Steph machine. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, yeah. You? You good? Good. Yeah, real good. I went to see Hans Zimmer last night. Oh, how was it? It was brilliant. Really, really good. Yeah, really I, I've enjoyed not been. It. I really want to go. Actually, really want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, really good. It was. Uh, he did loads of different songs, but he was with. Um, I, mean, I wrote it down because I always forget. Vanessa May, the violinist, was excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Guthrie Govan, the guitar player, he was really, really good there as well. So I uh, really, really enjoyed awesome. it. Awesome. What have you been up to? Um, busy with music really had a gig on saturday and then um just kind of full force doing the stuff with greg the dungeon dragon stuff so yeah on, um yeah working towards Balter, which is our kind of first performance for that oh you're so, in panic yeah, mode close now we're just like <laughs> ah! so it's like a whole set of all new tracks everything right maybe not a whole set um but there will be a lot of new material yeah wicked wicked Really looking forward to hearing it all. And we've got something to maybe tease tonight. We have, yes. Yeah, sick. Later on, sick. later on. All right, wicked, wicked. Um, right, well, it's not about me and you, because we've got a, a special guest tonight. Welcome yeah. on. Nat Traffic, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Good for seeing good. you. Thanks for having me on. No, your beard looks fantastic, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what, have you, what have you been up to mate oh busy man working brewing beer you know hence, hence the craft beer beard right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely so, yeah man all good wicked been doing many gigs and stuff oh bits and pieces yeah uh just planning the next live evil looking forward to that that's uh coming up pretty oh, soon oh yeah we'll reveal the line up in a bit right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pe people already been messaging saying is the lineup going to get revealed and blah blah blah. No, no, no is the answer def definitely think, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I, the lineup won't be revealed, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people could work out some of it for sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been a few educated guesses already, hasn't there? That have been pretty close. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, yeah. Wicked. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get moving with the show. I want to say a few hellos to people in the chat because we've got quite a busy house at the moment. Um, 42 in at the moment already. Um, we've got Jay Trusted, Cam, uh, Randy, uh, Bonesy's in the house, uh, Madra. Um, what else we got here? Mm, Frantic, Easy, um, Noisequake. Tracks Agent Zero. Hey man, um, Floris is there. Hey Floris, Steaks, Danny Crash, uh, Spook. Uh, if I didn't already say hello, Drastic. What's up? Um, uh, da, 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 Hedvig. Hey Hedvig. Um, Butterfist. Easy Andy, mate. You're right. Um, Matthew Green. Matthew Green. Matthew, Matthew Green. Green. Well, hello, Matthew <laughs> Green, a.k.a. Matt Green in the chat. How's it Yo. going, bro? Uh, we might give you a little call in a bit. Uh, Spook, uh, I've already said that. Fusco, uh, Luke Hollingworth, Cement T. What's good? Oh, Andreas has just joined Tier 2. 
Thanks for the support, Andreas. I appreciate it. Hey, Misha. What's good? Um, okay. So today on the show, we have got the amazing superstar from the underground, Nat Traffic in the house to talk about all things traffic, present and future. We have got a cool new blood, as ever. We have got uh, some announcements regarding the channel for new content that's coming on board. Um, announcements with regards to a remix competition that we're going to be doing. We've got What's Hot, which is featuring several brand new unreleased um, exclusives. Um, and we've got something different. So without further ado, I guess we should get into it. Let's get into the first section. New blood. Okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, the New Blood section is where our viewers and community can submit tracks um, and get reviews from our panel here, as well as the people in the chat. Um, if you want to do that, just keep an eye on our socials and you can submit them. But first, cheers, guys. <laughs> cheers. Nice to have you on board. Cheers. Nice to see you both. <laughs> what are you drinking, Nat? I'm drinking a German Pilsner. Ooh. Nice. I'm drinking this amazing Oblivion Show beer. Oh, actually, that, that reminds me. I need to do our advertisement. This show nice. is sponsored by Hardcore Beer. If you head over to hardcorebeer.nl and use the code Oblivion Show, you get yourself a nice discount. They do this one, which is the Oblivion Show beer. Um, well, there's, there's loads of beers over there, honestly. I'm going to drink three or four different ones tonight, and we'll see see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> 13 or 14 different ones yeah, tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm on a bit of a, a rampage at the moment. I need to reel it in a little bit, I think. Um, right. First up tonight in the new blood, we have Cytosine with Ocean Creature NB. Let's go. <coughs> Scientists think that it's most likely an iceberg dragging along the sea floor, creating shock waves and producing the sound. But many are certain that this is not the case and that it's caused by some giant sea creature.
Alright. Okay, uh, a little bit about the artist here. This is uh, Cytosine. Uh, I'm Danny from Breda in the Netherlands. I produce under a DJ name Cytosine and I play around with Fruity Loop Studio for a year of 17 now, I think. I like many genres, but Millennium and Industrial Hardcore, Drum and Bass and Metal are my favourites. My inspiration comes from older Enzyme tracks, Ophidian, Fracture 4, Death Machine, Dom and Roland, Black Sun Empire. This track is built with broken beats because it's something different and I like that a lot. My socials are not that up to date, but I plan to do some work in the future. Uh, my dream is to one day hear my own track in the Masilo. I'm aiming for that. I'm really curious of what you guys think of my project. What do you think, guys? Uh, go to you first, Nat. Nice. Yeah, well, I'm a fan of the Broken Beats, man, so it's a winner for me. Yeah, yeah. nice intro. Uh, I like those those rhythmical kicks at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, also really like the atmospheres and the sounds, the melodies. Yeah, deep track, man. Good. Very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steph? Yeah, I liked it as well. Um, agree with Nat. Like, the vibe was kind of just that kind of edgy, dark kind of vibe, which, you know, I like as well. Uh, and I think it worked well with kind of leading into that syncopated rhythm section as mm-hmm. like an intro section as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's got really good potential. Just maybe needs like a bit more development, kind of a bit more dynamics in terms of the percussion and a bit more variation and that, and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But it's got all the ingredients that it needs, really. It's just kind of just needs development a bit more, I think. And it'd be good mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a big session on mix down and making sure that all the elements are good and shining through everything seems to be there and it was really nice the melodies were nice and people in the chat were loving the intro um the manufacturer um says uh, percussion and atmosphere are great but the melody needs variation i guess yeah i'll probably agree with that it didn't get too boring for me though it wasn't super obvious that that needed to change but why not? No, what it just think? got to that point with me and, and then the breakdown kicked in and it was yeah. like, okay, great. Yeah, perfect. Mm. But yeah, like some some extra drums when that then comes back in after, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, or just like a very simple counter melody or something to kind of right. work with the other melody might add yeah. that extra level. Yeah. Yeah. Agent Zero says, nice track so far. I think the kick can be a bit more up to the front. It lacks some impact. Yeah. Again, something that in mixed down. Um but I think the kick was nice. It was complementary to the track. It wasn't like overbearing, kind of big, powerful yeah, 100%. kick. And in, yeah, hundred percent. And that's what made it, it. Yeah, made it work. Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah. kind of what made it refreshing to me. It wasn't that massive in your face kick that sort of you know has been done yeah. to death. It was a bit more understated, and that is kind of worked well with the kind of track it was. It's kind of so mm-hmm. there was an understanding of what the track was about, which I think is, was gives it that element of you know completeness. Yeah, it gave me a kind of a Fracture 4, Ophidian kind of feel. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Embryonics in the chat. Hey, bro. Hope you're good. I also saw Dean Devastator jump in. What's going on, brother? Um, all right. I think that was cool. Uh, get it finished. Send it back because I'm interested in that. That sounds really cool. Uh, next up, we have got friend of the show, Jacob with let it blow he hasn't submitted for a little bit i think he uh lost his mojo for music for a little bit but he's back with this so let's check it out
problem there right that was awesome uh jacob's a bad boy heavy heavy really really heavy <laughs> what did you think Nat? yeah man like that a lot mate yeah that's that's one for the car sub that one man for sure <laughs> definitely <laughs> Get those windows wobbling. Yeah, that 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 bass on there, sick man. I, I, yeah, I like that a lot. Production great as well. Sounded great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, can't fault it really, man. That's a tune. Like it. Wicked. Yeah. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I liked it as well. Thought the drum programming was really good. Um, like the choice of sounds for the percussion was really nice. I think people were saying in the chat, kind of, it did feel lime waxish and heading in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Is obviously a very good thing in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's nice. Um, I think maybe just because of the kind of track it was, the drums and stuff can be maybe pushed a bit more because it sometimes felt a little bit restrained. Like, you know, didn't feel like it was kind of as raw as it could have been, if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. But, you know, it was still great. Good. Yeah, it was still <laughs> great, though, and it was still sounded really good. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Nice um, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm having a little bit of a 
problem here with displaying some content. Uh, but yeah, I think, Jacob, you need to start finishing stuff and getting it out, bro. Because <laughs> you sat on a lot of amazing shit right now. I know you've had a little bit of a break, but man, yeah, there's some uh, some heavy shit coming out. Let's have a look in the chat. Um, Luke Gurdon, yo, Oblivion crew. The Gurdon has arrived. Hello, mate. You're right. Antagonist said that was all right. That was Danny Crash saying get ozone isotope on it. The magic masterer. <laughs> I, I don't think it really needs even pushing that much in the mastering. I think the dynamics were good on that actually, especially for the for the style it is. Um, da, 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 the manufacturer saying not my jam, but it sounds great. Um, so people say it reminds me a lot of Diesel Boy drum and bass time, which is perfect. Uh, Butterfist drums are really nice. Uh, and a lot of people got love for the MC samples as well. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I love yeah. that shit too. Yeah. It's Brings crazy. a rave vibe to it, man. Like that a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Right. I'm just going to test something out because I've got a little bit of a problem here. So just bear with me a second, everybody. Um... <clears throat> I think my cousin's in this chat. Luke. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Collingworth, somewhere. I'm sure I saw his name go up. <laughs> uh, hey, bro. Just... <laughs> hey, Luke, what's good? Oh, um... uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry about this little bit of delay. Okay. What the fuck has happened there? Aha. Okay. Right. I fixed it. Awesome. Amazing. Right. There's, uh, there's Jacob's. Right. Nice one. <laughs> Sorry. There we go. There's Jacob's, uh, SoundCloud. Um, a little bit about Jacob here. Um, my name's Jacob, Jacob, AKA hair pusher. I'm an Ibiza based electronic music producer focusing on the weird and wonderful, mostly inspired by Greg's biceps and Joe's boyish good looks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the track submitted today is something very fresh. I'm trying to finish up after a ver relatively long break. The mix is a little rough and the master was extremely quick, mostly to raise the volume. I don't think it sounded too bad at all, buddy. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Any thoughts, critiques, and honest dislikes are welcome and encouraged. The only thing I dislike is that you're not finishing stuff and getting it out, bro, because I think you're wicked, honestly. Uh, and I would definitely... Yeah, that's a releasable tune, man, for sure. For yeah. sure, for sure. Uh, get some over the line, bro, and send me a pack. I'm really curious to see what you got going on. All right, next up, we have got... I'm going to try and not murder this name... Psychomantium. Yeah, Psychomantium, the gate. Let's go. The rightful masters are jealous, watching mankind with a hatred that is as boundless as the stars, with plans for the destruction of man that are beyond imagining. Before the sun, before the light of the stars, darkness, chaos. 
Right, uh, that was a bit of a, a quick ending, but that's <laughs> that sounds like it's right up your street, Nat. What do you reckon? Yep. Yeah, love that, man. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those like scary sort of sireny things, you know, like a lot of the early techno I was into back in the early 90s had those kind yeah. of big atmospheric kind of, you know, spooky noises. Love that. And also that Amen thing there's The firing. overdriven Amen. <laughs> yeah, man. It could, I reckon, though, like it could do with switching up. So like halfway through that first phrase, if it switched up, then when the aiming then was to kick back in after the breakdown, it would have more impact, you know, like a little switch up would be great. But I mean, yeah, that tune is 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 pretty my cup of tea, to be fair. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon, yeah. Steph? Yeah, same. I liked it. And again, same comment, really. Just it doesn't need a lot of edits. It's just no. something every 16 or something just to kind of switch it up and then just a little break. And then it will give the next section so much more impact. Yeah, because it just felt like a little bit copy paste loopy stuff at the moment. So you know, it does, obviously, it doesn't take a lot of work to do to make that change, and it will make a world of difference. To the yeah, track. it's like eighty-five percent there, right? It just needs yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So a little bit about Psychomantium. I go by the name Psychomantium. I am from Victoria, Texas. Uh, I've been producing drum and bass since two thousand and seven. A lot of my inspiration has come from legends like Loxy and Dylan. Um, uh, Kamal and Rob Data, Conflict, Assassin, Concord Dawn, Black Sun Empire, Future Prophecies, Tekich, Raiden, and the list goes on and on. My influence for my style of drum and bass goes back to my beliefs in my faith. If there is a heaven, then there is a hell, and while my tracks might pull you towards the dark side of drum and bass, I'm really hoping that some will find in its solace and peace, okay? Uh, I have a dark, hot, heavy, apocalyptic, cinematic sound to my tracks with sick drum breaks and hard bass lines that continue to hit throughout the tracks. I love horror movies and religious movies, and as you can tell, there is a lot of that in my tracks. If you liked what you hear, then check out my other albums on SoundCloud, Skyring, The Psychological Horror LP, The Texas DMB Massacre, etc., etc., and coming soon, Dante's Inferno, The Redemption of Dante LP. Uh, sounding out, I'll leave you with this... Uh, Verse, uh, some okay, a passage from the Bible. I do not think that I come to bring peace on earth, for I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Okay, so I'm loving that. The music was great. Um, I'm a big fan of those over pushed aim and breaks, it really sends me back to the old UK sound, which is what your sound really not. That's uh, what it always reminds me of. Um, people in the chat saying, uh, awesome start. I think the small break with a couple of DMB kicks in between with minimal could splice it up and give it more funk and variation. Um, Butterfist saying, oh, what? They've sampled the shivering truth. I guess that was a sample that he wanted to use. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Butterface also saying it needs more edits and a few little switch ups and turnarounds, but a nice vibe. Um, yeah, I think yeah. generally good feedback. Um, and yeah, I think a bit more work in there and send it back in and we'll listen to it again. All good. Next up, we have got Frantic with Underground. Let's go. Take it back underground. I'm the underground ground. Frantic, the underground. I like that. Good vibe. Yeah, I like yeah. the the edits were good in it and stuff, and the switch ups. Mm. Really mm. like that part of it. Yeah, um, li- yeah. A little bit about the artist. Let me just make sure I'm talking. I'm reading the right one. Yep. Um, hi. I hope you're good. Apology. I never sent a bio with last month's submission. So here's a little bit about myself. 
Uh, I'm from the Wirral, but now based in Liverpool. I began listening to Happy Hardcore at the age of 13 and bought a set of turntables. In 2002, at the age of 16, I went to my first rave, which was North at Lakota, North 32, and instantly fell in love with the hard underground scene. I never listened to Happy Hardcore again from that day forward. I think there's a lot of of people that had that situation as well. Um, Although I had decks from a relatively young age, I never had the confidence to actually play out. But at the beginning of last year and coming out of lockdown, a friend asked me to play and I thought, fuck it, what's the worst that can happen? And agreed. Um, Since I've got a monthly residency on toxic sickness and I've played a number of parties up and down the country, I decided to start making my own tracks and I've had a couple of releases, most recently on Underground Industry Records in France. I'm trying to make tracks with powerful kicks and plenty going on throughout. As long as it's banging and people enjoy listening to it, I'm happy. Thanks again for having me on the show, John Frantic. Thanks for submitting, John. Thanks for the backstory. Appreciate it. Um, what do you reckon, guys? Steph? Yeah, I, I liked it as well. It was kind of, for me, somewhere midway between the, like the sort of newish industrial techno stuff and hardcore. So the kick was not too distorted and sort mm-hmm. of was a little bit techno-y, which was a you know, bit, bit original, really. Um, I liked when that when the melody came in with the breaks, uh, the break breakdown halfway through. I would like it was kind of just running along, kind of like just grooving kind of thing. And then I was like, oh, this is cool, this bit. So that for me was like the highlight of the track. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it dropped back in with the kick again, I don't think that the kick worked that well with the melody, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so maybe we'll think about how that section comes out of that break section. But the break, the breaks bit was like really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. What do you reckon? Now? Yeah, yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I, I really liked the, the the way that that sort of melody thing came in with the chops and everything, and then when the kick came in, it distorted up. That was heavy. That was pretty good. But yeah, I felt like it just needed a a little bit more sort of uh, a bit more polish maybe um, and a little bit more power, something there. It's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely something there. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Good dance floor track. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So maybe yeah. have a pl- play with that kick and the other elements to get them to sit together a little bit better. Maybe a kick switch for that section would work so you keep yeah. the integrity of the bit that worked and maybe change it up. Play about, mate. Play about. Um, th- I see Ash Kilborn's in the chat. Hello there. How are you doing? Um, bit of feedback from Ash. I'm into it. I could hear pre-future flute drop, just a single note, texture, pad, or whining synth that brings out the tonality of the kicks. Okay. Um, and Cy909 saying, uh, I agree with Cement. The vocals could use some dirt over the clean kicks. Uh, let's see, what did... What did Cement actually say? I didn't see that. But I guess that the vocals were too clean. I didn't think the vocals were too clean, really. That didn't disturb me whatsoever, actually. Um, Jay, absolutely adore the flute from Future Mascos, so it's an instant win for me. And I said it's on the breakdown. Yep, yep, Mm. yep. Um, I think the kicks could do with more work. Yeah, we said that too. Um, Yeah, I think... Generally, everybody's likes it. Everybody would dance to it, but I think you need to work on it if you want to get it to like a good level to be released or played out in sets by people. Um, okay, keep up the awesome work, John. We love hearing your music, and it's nice to hear your story. And uh, hopefully, you can develop alongside us and uh, get some stuff, more stuff released. Nice one. All right, next up, we've got Librarium with Groove Train. Let's go. 
Okay, a little bit about Librarian. Um, 32-year-old from Denmark, uh, been producing since COVID started in 2020. My inspirations come from Outside Agency, Mindustries, Luminate, Hidden, Embryonic, old-school hardstyle, techno, and industrial genres. Okay, it was a bit of a distorted mess, honestly. Um the kick was well overdriven and it was just taking all of the space out of everything, in my opinion. Um, what do you think, Steph? Yeah, I mean, the kind of track that it was where it was mainly just the kick, you've got to make sure the kick's perfect. And I think there was kind of, yeah, obviously the, the way it was pushed so much will detract from the power of the kick. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the advice I can probably give is compare to other tracks in terms of where this kick sits in terms of the low end power um you know the the distribution of frequencies in the kick and just try and match to, to what other tracks are like so you can kind of uh you know get into that same ballpark really because yeah it's it's all well and good having a distorted kick but it needs to have the, the power and the dynamics with it otherwise the distortion is kind of pointless yeah, I agree. could you recommend any particular tools that would assist somebody with that, so that at least there's some something that they could go with? Is there anything that they could use? Um, I mean, analyze? well, just just any spectrum spectrum analyzer like Voxengo Span is a free one. I use that, um, so that's that's one that you can always look at. Another another thing that might help kind of isolate the kick if if you if you haven't got like a good sub or a, or a good monitors where you can, um, uh, you know. Uh, feel or hear that low frequency or you haven't got a sub pack which is the other good thing you could, the other good tool you could use 
Um, just maybe try and low pass all of your track to so you can just hear as hear you know some low the low frequency part of the track, and, and then again you, it might shed some light on how it kind of sounds. Yeah, it, isolating that that range. Mm-hmm. So um, to just, maybe just Sorry, Steph. Please go ahead. Yeah, just to get an appreciation of understanding the dynamics of the low lower frequencies of the track, because that's mm-hmm. where a lot of stuff can go wrong, and, and is going wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've put the link to uh, that span in the chat, and if you use that, and then A B like cross reference or one track on, one track off with a track that you like or you're trying to sound like you'll be able to see where you sit within the spectrum so it might be useful for you just yeah, to some constructive me. feedback because this person's obviously quite new and trying to get there and it's all very well some people are in the chat are, you know being quite harsh with their reviews but everybody starts somewhere right so let's let's try and push people in the correct yeah, direction yeah, and there's, you know there's, there's nothing wrong with comparing your tracks you know i'm sure i'm sure greg says this every week yeah every track i make <laughs> i can i still compare my tracks to every, so do i yeah <laughs> everyone does you, you can't you know you can't get it bang on every time you can't no, it's an it's an evolution you learn from yeah. other stuff that's come before you before yeah, you and that's do. how the whole yeah. the whole scene progresses as yeah. well because people 100%. build off something else yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, just reference 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 all the time yeah. yeah i really liked the intro though i thought the intro was great really like that yeah, it was really uh, creative. That's yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. notes, actually. Yeah, yeah, but, and I can totally see where he's trying to go with that track, and I get the vibe. But yeah, pretty much everything that Steph said. But but yeah, keep going, man. There's some keep good going, ideas in there for fun. sure. That's, yeah, that's the main 100%. thing. Hundred percent. We're not yeah. here to knock people down. No, We're tr- trying to give some feedback so that you can better yourself. Uh, main thing is if you're having fun, who gives a fuck anyway? Just just keep doing what you're doing. Have fun and try and make some slow progress. Exactly. And uh, keep submitting. All right. Nice one. Uh, next up, we've got Bubs with mind bending drugs. Let's go. <laughs> mind bending drugs.
The mind-bending drugs seem to offer so much. But what do they really deliver? Right. So old school, hardcore, techno-y, trancey kind of vibes going on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit speed freaky as well, you know, kind oh, of. Oh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 I like that. So a little bit about Bubs. Uh, my name is Andy Evans. I'm 41 years old. Uh, oh, I'm living in Sunderland. Uh, that explains the, the vibe a little bit. Living in Sunderland, but originally from the Wirral. I started raving at Kinetic in 96 at 14 and still doing it now. Learned to mix at 18 and spent a shit ton of money on equipment over the years. Lockdown hit, so I put my frustrations into trying to produce. And here I am at the Last Chance Saloon. <laughs> I like that. Good for it's you, not, mate. Bro, don't say Never that, man. You're not, you're not that old at all. Come on, look, look at us. Look at the grey look. Uh, well, I say look at us, look at these guys, that's what I meant. Uh, my, my other tracks are below, some I've had a friend work on with me, some of my own work. Our goal is the same, to make tunes and hope people dance to them. I hope you like the sound, uh, you like some of them, and thanks for listening. I did enjoy that, actually. Um, we live in a world now where everything's about distortion and making everything as loud as possible and whatever, and that felt like a like, nice little trip down memory lane. Honestly. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being a bit different, man. I, I like that about that tune, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What do you reckon, Steph? It was cool, yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that um, he kind of is our generation and he started going yeah. raving kinetic because my notes were, it's like, um, takes me back to like Scorpio Clarky in the Technodrome, that kind of mm. that kind of thing. That was it. That was exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but no, it, it was nice. Like, the, again, sort of good atmosphere and the, the, the melody was... Um, you know, interesting enough to carry the track through as well. Yeah. Um, the sample was cool. Um, I mean, probably not worth commenting in terms of up-to-date production techniques because no. it's not that kind of track. Well, no. I guess I guess we could give some advice on how he could modernise that sound a little bit. I mean, it could the 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 synth in there could be a bit thicker. It could have a bit of more width on it. The kicks could be a bit punchier, a bit more sub on them. And it could all come up a bit because I had to boost the volume quite a lot. So if you wanted to modernise the sound, you can. There is progress to be made there. You don't have to stay in the in the past kind of sound, even though it's an old soundtrack. So maybe a little bit of exploration with uh, modern day production techniques. Maybe we could go and follow a few masterclasses from the Heresy Masterclass or uh, go over to WeTweak or somewhere like that. Uh, it might be beneficial to you to just break through that old sound and maybe put some new elements in there. Uh, what did you think, Nat? 
Yeah, I liked it, man. Like I said, uh, you know, I liked the fact that it was different and it wasn't trying to be, you know, uh, like a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I liked that about it. Uh, mm -hmm. The melody was great and I really liked the kind of old school vibe as well, you know, given my age, obviously. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good tune, man. It had a really good vibe to it. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, yep. cool tune. Yeah. Uh, Steve Fiend's in the chat. Hey, I buddy. know, Steve. What's good? <laughs> All right, man. Uh, somebody saying, uh, Danny Crash saying it could easily be a dance floor hit. Only thing I'd say is the second kick had less punch than the first. I think it, it was actually the same, but it lost a bit of its punch because of the other elements, the orchestral stuff. Might have been a clashing EQ there that's causing some phasing or whatever. I don't I don't know, but uh, John Pert saying, Scorpio back-to-back -back with Clarky. NSA5 is one of my favourite tapes ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all showing our age. Yeah, <laughs> our generation, yeah. Um, Somebody said, sound like there's a lot of influence from Forgotten Moments in that one. Yep, absolutely. Nice atmosphere. The kicks lack a bit in strength. I agree. Maybe just an EQ thing, more sub bass and boost the 80 hertz and see what happens. Yeah, just play about a bit and try and get a little bit more out of it. It was just sounded a bit old, like I say. Just maybe push it a bit more. There's a lot more headroom in your um, door than you actually think. So push, resample and bounce. Um... Jay Trusted, like the medley work, perhaps verging a bit too much on the happier side for me, but well made to be fair. Well, that's his vibe, man. He's, he's doing what he wants to do. Can't argue with that. Um, there was some good feedback here from Biosy. Um, the lead synth could use a little work. It feels a little bit thin. Also, the kick needs more oomph. Yeah, that's what I said too. Um, keep working on it. Nice one, Andy. And I uh, look forward to hearing your next stuff. Respect. Next up, and finally... On New Blood, we have the Surge Project featuring MC Wild Fox with Absolute Hardcore. Let's go. Core. All the minds deep in your core. Yet to feed man this 
right. So a little bit about the producer. Um, this is uh, the Surge Project. We are Celine and Cecile. Together we are the Surge Project. Producers and hardcore a DJ. Hardcore and Frenchcore from France. We're also co-manager of our own label, Core Resistance. I thought there was some really good stuff in there. So a little bit of a backstory on this. The, uh, these ladies, they um, sent me a demo the other day. It's not really our bag for the label. I wouldn't release this. It's not our vibe. But I thought there was something there. I thought it was pretty good. And I've since sent them to Al twisted because it might be something for his dark side label or one of his other labels i think it would really find a good home there but i thought that there was a good level here and i thought the arrangement was good i thought some of the kicks were good i it felt like it was nearly nearly there um and so i, th I asked if they would like to be on the show and they said yeah they would love to so uh here we are what do you think guys yeah i mean i agree it it does exactly what it says on the tin it's it's that tune isn't it it's not my cup of tea it's not something i would play but i mean that would slot straight in at one of those big dutch parties i mean you know it's mm -hmm. i can hear the french core in there as well it's it's yeah the arrangement was really good the sounds are all good yeah nothing wrong with that at all mm. yeah what do you think Steph? yeah same really i mean i like the fact that they're actually making the effort to put different elements in there like switching the kicks up and putting those vocals and the melody and it was Kind of you could tell they've put work in trying to make something mm -hmm. unique and trying to make something their own sound yeah which um yeah it's very very commendable um mm. the only sort of notes i've really got were just maybe on the vocal the, like the the way the intonation and the flow of the vocal maybe could be changed a bit to give it a bit more um cohesiveness with the rest of the track yeah it felt um, like it yeah. was kind of stuck on top a little bit didn't it instead of being really tied in there yeah i mean vocals can can be a bit hard to work with when you kind of fit it trying to fit it around all those kind of things but yeah. um yeah like like nat said you know if that was in a party in 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 the right right area it would go off yeah mm -hmm. and that's mm. exactly why i sent it to al i thought there was some potential there and that's yeah, there really is in mm. that stuff uh, i see they've worked with alcor here as well uh hey. yeah great work uh celine and cecile um thank nice. you for submitting uh, and please submit again uh, we'd love to hear your progress and uh, support you where we can. Big up. Respect. A little bit of from the chat. Uh, Butterfist is saying, can I remix this, please? <laughs> I'm sure if you, ask, if you ask them nicely, they'll probably let you. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, let me just bring up this. <clears throat> chat pop up. Um, I think the orchestral cement tea says the I think the orchestral strings could be a little more wide on the stereo. Um, Laura's saying it's not bad, but indeed very main stage festival it has potential, but not my thing. Let's see how it switches between typical mainstream hardcore near up tempo kicks and French kicks. I thought that was quite cool actually. That was one of my favorite mm, I parts did. of it. Mm. Yeah. It kind of appeals to everybody. If you don't like that kick, you've only got to wait a 16 or a 32 and you're going to get a new one anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever, isn't it? Um, very creative kicks, different, a lot of impact and EQ from each other. Yeah, but that's, you know, stuff that needs to be finished off. Um, it was a good track. It was a good track, absolutely, just not underground for a lot of us. Agree. I know that a lot of the stuff we play here is more underground slash not main stage, but 
this show's about hardcore, all of the elements of hardcore. You can see that by some of the guests that we've had. So it's only fair that it gets included here. Um, I've got no problem with that at all. Um, yeah, pretty good. Pretty cool. good. Nice yeah. one. Okay, uh, I want to just say sorry to um, Agent Zero. I know you're in the chat. You submitted a track, but you've been on the last two or three shows, and I can't just keep putting people on and, and leaving other people out. It's not fair. So uh, keep sending stuff in, and we'll we'll play you again. But that's why. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that was the end of the new blood. New blood. Next up, we're going to do an interview with Nat Traffic. But before we do that, I've got some little bits of information to share with you. Um, let me bring up my screen. First of all, we've got a little announcement, and that is we've got something coming to the channel real soon. What could this be? I don't have a microphone on. I'll do I was that again. Say, Joe, <laughs> Joe, the sound. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the DJ producers confirmed signals show will be coming to the Oblivion channel. Um, as you know, um, the Prospect uh, Radio has now stopped broadcasting live streams, um, and Luke needed a new home for his project, and here we are. So we'll be looking to do that on the second week of every month and the Oblivion show at the end of every month. And we've got other content that's going to be coming in between as long as, as well as the existing stuff. So we're pretty hyped for that. Um, nice. More news coming real soon, but there's a little preview slash tease for you guys. Um, also, um, we have got, um, Nat, if you want to go to the toilet before the interview, then... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, all right. next, that, that's not what the it. next. That's not what the next segment is. Don't worry. Um, so while that's not there, um, boom. Nope. Um, so, Steph, we've got another little yeah. announcement, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we had a great success. Um, I think it was last year. We did a remix competition. We did the uh, the death of Theocles, um, and we're going to do it again. But we're going to do it with one of Steph's tracks. So, That's right. yeah. which tracks are going to be, Steph? What we're going to do? We're going to do it from which one? I get forgotten. <laughs> dread. <laughs> we're doing dread. <laughs> we are going to do dread. So, um, yeah, within the next month or so, there'll be an official announcement on the Oblivion channel. So keep an eye over there, and you'll be able to get your hands on the stems from Dread, and we'll do a remix competition. The winner. Winners, we did five last time. The winners will get, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The winners will get a release on Oblivion Underground, a digital release. Uh, and last time we had some really fucking good entrance and a really really good EP that came out of it. So I'm really jacked for this. This is one of my favourites. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna play, um, I'm gonna play the video from the original just as a refresher now. 
And uh, yeah, check it out. Mm. This is Death Machine Dread. seems Steph's gone as well now so I'll do this bit on my own shall I um, so that's the amazing dread it's from this vinyl if anybody's got this this is completely sold out everywhere so if you haven't got a copy of this you might struggle oh welcome back cough machine <laughs> um, yeah if you haven't got a copy of this it's sold out everywhere so good luck with that but this was an amazing release uh, it's one of my okay, favorites nice. um, this one's even signed look we did it. Thanks for everything from Steph. Yeah. Um, and that wicked video as well, which which I did. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one of my favorite tracks on Oblivion. And I'm really, really, really excited to see what we get out of a remix competition for this. Proper UK vibes, jungly samples. It's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what everyone does with it. Me too. It's like, yeah, really cool when people sort of their own spin on what you've done and yeah like getting so many people to kind of have a crack at it would be interesting yeah absolutely somebody's asking for a link to the release yeah i can do that right now actually one second um oblivion underground bandcamp <clears throat> bandcamp boom here we go i'll put, actually do it on the screen there we go Ding, ding, ding. So it is in here. It's the original release. You can grab that on MP3. But as I say, you might struggle to get it on vinyl because it's completely sold out everywhere. And I think it's like 50 euros on Discogs. So limited edition shit. All right. That was all of that. Now we're coming on to the juicy part of the show. Where we're going to interrogate... Interrogate. <laughs> Poor me. Oh, God. Interrogate Nat about what the bloody hell he's been doing all these years, wasting his life. Um, one second. Uh, bring this up here. So I've got some notes. So, Nat, a.k.a. Yes. Traffic, the prolific yes. underground radio jock turned hardcore activist... Um, hailing out of <laughs> London. Um, yep. How are you doing, first of all? What have you been up to? What's what's going on in your world musically at the moment? Musically? Yeah. S slow. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm not super busy with it so much these days. Um, it's a hobby uh, I enjoy. Um, I get a few gigs every year, which are always great. And 
I get to take Emma with me on most of them and we turn most of them into short little breaks and I catch up with old friends and play loud music, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> it's our favourite uh, thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Production-wise, I, I, I tinker. I, I sit in front of my computer. I, I mess around mostly these days with breakbeats, so I will be honest. Uh, currently writing another track for uh, Vinyl Junkie. Um, nice. for the uh for the warehouse wax thing so doing another sort of old school uh kind of breakbeat thing uh the kick drums do come out um i did i can't really talk about it but i did a, a hardcore techno remix of a very uh popular very well-known old school rave track and Ooh. it's been hanging around in the ether it's still not been released which is very frustrating because i'm itching to get it out um i did play it once in germany as my finishing track at seven o'clock in the morning to a packed warehouse and it went off. Oh, now uh... you need to send it over, bro. <laughs> Why haven't I heard it? Well, I've, I've, yes, yeah, I've been sworn to, to secrecy and silence about it. It's so, so annoying. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah, so that's me at the moment um, and working hard. As many of you know, I make beer now, which I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So all good my end, man. All good. Wicked. So where did it all start for you then, Nat? Uh, you go back like 30 years in the game, maybe more for in music yeah. generally. Um, yeah, tell us music. about your, your humble beginnings. Well, I started learning the piano when I was five. I mean, there's a lot of music in my family. My dad was a musician. My uncle, uh, my nan's dad was a conductor. My mom and her sister were dancers. So there's a lot of... Um, sort of entertainment industry stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. And my parents put me through, uh, yeah, music lessons. I learned to play the piano from five. Uh, when I got to 14, I kind of got a bit bored of that. It was a bit boring and stuffy. And I started, I was, you know, getting stuffy. into... Yeah. <laughs> Such an English thing to say. <laughs> I know. And I was getting into hip-hop at the time. I mean, 14, I can't remember what year we're talking when I was 14, like uh, 1984, no, 1987, six, something like that. Um, yeah, and I'd found electro music. I'd found early, you know, imported hip hop from the States. And I loved that. It was, Mm -hmm. it was my first real love of music and, uh, the piano just, I ditched that. Um, I worked my entire summer holiday when I was 15 and 16 and bought, uh, Technics decks one at a time because I could only afford one at a time and, uh, taught myself how to DJ, uh, getting inspiration from cash money you know, Jazzy Jeff, Chris the Glove Taylor, all those early old school uh, hip hop DJs. And I learned how to scratch and and mess around with records before I learned how to beat match, really. Um, that came later on when the sort of when I first discovered Acid House and clubbing. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I was at college in like 1989, I was putting on the, the parties at college. We were setting them up. I was DJing, playing early hip house and hip hop. Um, but yeah, it was 1993 when I sort of got my first sort of, you know, proper break into the sort of, into the scene, which was with with Energy FM, uh, February, mm. February 93 it was. They put me on the graveyard shift at six in the morning uh, on a Sunday morning and everyone else on the station was playing, you know, I mean, we're talking what, February 93. So there was a lot of rave, a lot of happy hardcore, that sort of thing. And I went on and I just played the darkest, hardest kind of you know rave records that i had in my box um i just sort of discovered uh gabba and hardcore techno 
uh, from going to clubs like Knowledge in London, sort of towards the end of 92. Um, and yeah, that was it. They they loved it. The listeners loved it. Um, and they put me on a regular, yeah, <laughs> there's the old studio. Uh, that was 93, that was. Um, yeah, and then I ended up doing Energy for, for three years. Um, I had a regular show every Saturday night. Um, and we had a lot of listeners and it was uh, it was a good station. I mean, we got out all over London as far far north as Luton uh, and as far south as like Seven Oaks. So we covered a large area. Yeah, nice. Did you ever have any uh, difficulties with the plod with the, with the law? Yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We didn't actually ever get caught, but um, there was one time I can remember where one of the guys was out patrolling the area looking for the DTI and he came running in and he was like, all right, turn everything off. <laughs> Cause they have to, they have to catch you in the act. So we're literally pulling all the cables out of the wall. Um, and the whole place just went silent, but luckily oh. they didn't come through the front door. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really, really young that's, nut there. Look, that's a young nat. Yeah. yeah. That's my mate, Mark DJ mission. Okay. Uh, he was on energy with me for a long time as well. As long as long as uh, sorry, as uh, with the Wild Man as well. So Mission and the Wild Man they played drum and bass, and I was playing hardcore and techno. So this was was this someone's house or was it? Yeah, just, it, was, it was a squat. No, it was a squat. Oh, it was a squat. Okay, right, nice. And how often were you playing there? Was it every every weekend? Did you say? Uh, every Saturday night it was. It wasn't. It was only there for a while. It moved. But okay. yeah, it was every Saturday night. And did you have used to have the the like the old traditional phone ins and putting people on the on yep. there and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted to do uh, pirate radio when I was young, and we tried to build uh, like a broadcaster antenna thing, and it just went horribly wrong. Me and my mate Gib wanted to do it, so yeah, I always wanted to do that. Yeah. And how long did you do that for? Then was how long was three the... years? Three. Okay. It yeah, ninety three quite... to ninety six. It was. And how did you find um, the music was received that you were playing? You were because you were playing like the harder stuff. What was it? Did it go down well? Or was it? What was the reaction to it? Um, yeah, well, I mean, London is kind of tricky in that sense. Not many people were really into the harder sounds, but um, but there were there was a following. It was small, but there was a following. Um, enough to keep me on there for three years anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And did you did you pick up uh, many contacts who were also into hardcore in the hardcore world from that, or were you kind of the, the outlier in that sense there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely inspired a lot of people. I had a lot of people listening to me and stuff, but uh, it was through the radio that I met uh, the guys from Outcast Clan. Okay. Um, I also met Jason, Asylum MD, from uh, from south of London, the Mad Doctors. Uh, he was one of my listeners and uh, met him through there. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. I mean, I was on there every weekend, every Saturday night, so I didn't really get much kind of clubbing time. Because <laughs> um, you were busy I, doing that. Yeah. yeah. From 89 to 93, I was a raver and I was going out every weekend. And then as soon as I landed that show, that all of that stopped. Mm -hmm. um, 
it was the odd Friday night, obviously. Um, but pretty much I just focused on buying records and doing my show. Um, and yeah, when I did venture into the clubs, sort of a couple of years down the line around a sort of 90, 95, something like that. Yeah. The, all these people were like, yeah, listen to your show, you know, and it was kind of, I was like, wow, yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, the London underground scene was starting to come alive as well then, you know, so um, the what planet are you on parties and we did early disturbance parties and um yeah, they were fun times, man. Yeah, really good. Really underground, small parties, a lot of them semi-legal. Uh, we weren't really properly licensed to do many of those nights, but um, they were always that, great. You know, we never got any trouble from anyone. They were always really cool. I think that was one of the, the main observations of uh, that we made before when we did the History of UK Hardcore show. We did it with it was me, Greg, Luke, Simon, Sean, and we talked about the beginnings of, of hardcore. But a lot of the hardcore from up north, shall we say, was a lot of it was legal. Like the, we, people had gone into the clubs. There was like the, the criminal justice yeah. bill made sure of a lot of that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But the squat and free party scene in London is still good today. Like it's it's something that was always synonymous with London, was that underground. Uh, there's, a, there's a reason for that. I mean, I was trying to put on legal nights. We we did our first disturbance uh, night in the 414 Club in Brixton in 94. And I went to many venues in London asking if we could hire the, you know, the place out for a night. And the first question we were asked every time was, well, what music is it that you're doing, mate? And as soon yeah. as you said techno, hardcore, anything that wasn't basically, you know, hard house or drum and bass, then they just didn't want to know. They just, yeah, there it is. That's the flyer, the first night yeah. we did. Yeah, they just didn't want to know. Uh, we were just turned down, point blank. It was uh, very frustrating because I wanted to do, you know, legal nights. And, um, yeah, it was hard. So it was a natural thing for, you know, for promoters to just think, well, okay, we'll, we'll just find a venue and we'll do it ourselves then. You know, fuck you kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, the Brixton parties, um, I wouldn't say they were fully squat party uh, sort of nights. They mm -hmm. were kind of semi-legal. You know, it was somebody's warehouse. It was it was a party, you know, mm -hmm. and if anybody came asking, oh, well, we're just, we're just having a... Having a bit of an evening, <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> a little soiree. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And to be honest, in those days in Brixton, the police had better things to do. So you know, yeah. they just left us alone. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same when I was going out raving. You know, like nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two in the East End of London, in Hackney and Dalston. Which you know now you've got to be a multi millionaire to afford a house there. But back in those days. I mean, you know, it was it was rough, rough as fuck. Mm. And the old bill just let you get on with it. They were like, fine. Well, if you're not out shooting people, if you're in there having, <laughs> if you're in there behaving yourselves and having fun, then that's fine. Yeah. You know, so. They're just yeah. all, all in a box doing drugs, leave them to it. It's better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. They're not out on the streets causing me any problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, London is a quite, kind of unique thing there, I suppose, really, compared to a lot of other places, you know, mm -hmm. especially back then. I mean, London's become so gentrified now, you know, it's, it has changed a lot, but but yeah. back then, you know, it was it was quite ropey, really, a lot of areas of London, and you could get away with doing doing parties and nights, and no one really cared. Mm -hmm. You so know, how 
I mean, we, we kind of we're creeping up the timeline now to like ninety four. We just showed you a flyer there, ninety four. Mm. Now, big big dates and milestones in the the UK hardcore timeline are ninety four, ninety seven. Really big big milestones. So I'm curious as to what your perception was for the rest of the country. Did did you know what was going on up north, or were you just doing your own thing in no. the bubble? Did you know yeah. what was happening? Bubble. Bubble. <laughs> 100% bubble. Yeah. I, I had no idea that you guys up in the north of England were having raves. Mm. And when I played up north for the first time, which was like my proper introduction to that, I don't want to call it mainstream nights, but they were rave nights. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, you in know, a club, legal In a club, nights. legal, yeah, yeah, big, yeah. you know. And yeah. I and there was people blowing whistles and horns, and I hadn't heard that shit since, like, 92. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are raving up here. <laughs> like, <laughs> and rave had become a bit of a dirty word in London, to be fair. Like, you know, the, the, the hardcore scene didn't really want to associate itself with that word rave, really, I don't think, particularly. There was a kind of distancing from it. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. I mean, when I did eventually get to, to play up north and stuff, I liked it a lot and still do to this day. I, I love I love playing in, in in the UK, you know, all over. And the parties are always great up north and in Scotland as well. They're great. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So when did you start producing then? Like, cause you you've honed your skills as a as a scratch master, and then you've you've learned you've you're obviously beat matching. Now you're playing gigs. You're like fully fledged DJ, nailed it. Mm. You're gonna start making music. What what was the what was the jump, and what what we, equipment were you using at the time? So um, I met this guy uh, called Troy, um, who was a friend of one of the guys who was running the pirate station energy. And we got on really well. We both really liked hardcore. He was also friends with uh, Sean from Outcast Clan as well. And this was what, probably 95, I suppose. Um, 94, 95. Yep. And he had a studio in his house and he invited me around. He was like, let's make some tunes. So I was like, okay, great. So he had like a Akai S950, an Atari 1040ST, a couple of synths. But most of what we all did was just in the Akai. You know, it was just sample-based. And we made that uh, disturbance track, uh, Under Attack, which got released on Outcast Clan, along with uh, Matt Green was also on them. But I didn't know Matt at the time. Mm -hmm. right, well, let's let's play it, I guess, since okay. we're on it. This is your first release. And you were yep. under the, not under the yes. name Traffic. This was as Disturbance, no. right? Yes, yes, that's yep. right. Okay. Let's uh, play this. And shout to Francis Tripped in the chat. Hey, buddy. Hey. He's a big fan of yours. He told me he wasn't going to miss this, so here he is. <laughs> hey, man. Hope you're okay, brother. And I hope you're healing up well. Love you loads. Right. Let's play this. Uh, disturbance under attack. And this is Traffic and Troy from 96. Let's go. You're all going to die. The only question is how you check out do you want it on your feet? Or on your fucking knees? Begging. I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it.
nice and rough. It's got that acid line in there. Still Famous love that little that mistake on the acid when it comes back in. There was no gate. There was no chopping anything <laughs> off. We were on the desk, literally like, bang, straight back in. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've got this here on uh, on Discogs. Um, That's so it, on, yeah. on Outcast Clan, which is Sean Total Output. Shout out to Sean, by the way. I'll see you for a Ooh. while, buddy. Um, 1996. Um and this ordeal, ordeal motherfucker so dead by Matt Green as well. And Lassie Steam was on there as well. I didn't he know was, that. yeah. All right. So how did that actually come about then? The, the and Elite and Asylum as well. So Oh, yeah. See, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Andrew and, and Jason. And Jason yeah, yeah. then ended up, you know, becoming south of London with me and Matt as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you made the track. How did it actually come about that it got released? Well, like I say, Troy was friends with Sean. They were buddies. Okay. They grew up. They they'd grown up together. They I think they went to school together. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sean obviously was was popping round, you know, hanging out. And uh, we were there making that track. And he was like, "When you finish that track, I'm putting that out." <laughs> <laughs> no choice. <laughs> like, Loving yeah. it. <laughs> like, okay, fine. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "Wow, man, I'm going to get a record out. That's so fucking cool." <laughs> Wicked. Wicked. Um, Shout out to uh, someone just jumped in the chat. I uh, missed it. Uh, shout out to Gemma who's joined the chat. How's it going? And also, let's just Jay Trusted has never been to Live Evil. Yeah, what? That's just shocking. I've just saw it in the chat. I'm gonna break my Live Evil cherry. It's just so difficult <laughs> to get to London, bro. Is it? It's only <laughs> been going since '97, bro. Come on. What are you doing? Shocker. Absolutely. You've had a sh- flamey. He says flamey in the chat. You will be flayed, bro. Oh, we're funny. Um, okay, so 96, got your first track out. Awesome. Um, and then I guess you started to do production yourself because you, that was at Troy's house. Have you, what, what was yeah. the, what happened? Yeah, then I got an Amiga. And, Which one? Um, an A500. Oh, nice. We always do the um, Amiga question. Oh, no, actually, no, sorry. Hang on a second. I got the A500 later, I think. I started with the A1200. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I picked up an A500 down the line. Didn't really use it. But yeah, it was a 1200 um, and ran Octomed. I wasn't a pro tracker guy. I was an Octomed guy. <laughs> um, and yeah, sat at home um, just messing around. And again, I thought, you know, well, I'd had the track out with Troy that kind of happened because he knew Sean from Outcast Clan. And I didn't really think that the stuff I was making at home on just four channels of eight bit shitty audio was going to do, was going to say anything. I, you know, I didn't think anything of it. it was just making tunes as a hobby. And um, I'd met uh, Simon from Crapshoot at uh, one of the parties in Brixton in London. And we'd become kind of pally and whatnot. And he came around to my house and same thing happened again. He, he was like, oh, play me some of the stuff you've been doing then. And I reluctantly, you know, sort of played him a couple of bits. And yeah, straight away, he was like, I want it. Like, that's, I want to release it. Just finish it and, and give it to me. Um, Yeah, so that was that was trip to hell. All right, well, we've, I've got that here as it just... Which was, yeah, so my, first, my first solo release. Yeah, as Traffic, that, that one. All right, let's whack this on as well then. Let's do it. So this is Traffic, Trip to Hell on Crapshoot uh, Records. Bye. 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 
So there we have Traffic Trip to Hell, which was the, the blueprint, I guess, for your future sound. Yep, I do love my break beats. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, what was your uh, creative progress at this time? Where were you getting your samples from, all that kind of uh, stuff? Was... Well, I think there's so, the Simpsons in there, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that that's a funny story. So Jason, uh, Asylum, you know, he was coming around my house quite a bit, and he had a cassette tape of bits of movies. He's an absolute movie nut, that guy, and he, he had loads of, like, little recordings of movies and stuff, and he was like, here you go, Nat, have a flick through that and see what you can find. So that... A Homer Simpson sample came off a TDK D90, which was recorded off the TV, you know, into an 8-bit Amiga. That's why it sounds so fucking shit. And it's like <laughs> so dirty and gritty. <laughs> and the rest of all, all of the samples, it was all vinyl. I just sampled my vinyl collection going back to my hip hop uh, days. Uh, there's the Run DMC uh, break in there and all sorts Um yeah, and I sampled and I sampled everyone else's kicks. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> and then distorted the absolute hell out of them, so they were unrecognizable. It's not, it's not theirs anymore, then, is it? No, no, <laughs> no, no. And distortion was the key. I mean, I used that this this distortion technique a lot. So the Amiga had four channels of audio, um, and it was a stereo output. So you had two channels running down the left output two channels running down the right output so i put that through a little four track mixer and then distort and overdrive one of the channels so i could you know smash two sounds off each other and then the other channel i ran clean well you know clean a little bit of distortion um so yeah that was how i made a lot of those tracks like mind meld and nails and you know trip to hell and loads of stuff on that little four track from my amiga with loads of distortion <laughs> Yeah. Nice. So I guess this is we're around nineteen ninety-six now. Uh yeah. I was wanted to ask you, and I'm guessing it's around this time because the first live evil was ninety-seven. We'll come to yeah. that soon. Yeah. When did you meet Simon Underground? Because you guys are really tight and yeah. I always wondered where that where that relationship started. So Simon was selling records. Um <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> In a, in a nightclub called Knowledge, um, SW1 in Victoria. This is going back to like 92. Um, and Knowledge was the first nightclub in London that played only hard techno uh, and, and the very beginnings of early Dutch Gabba. And I was a raver at the time, going out, partying. <clears throat> I was buying records because obviously I was sort of DJing at home uh, as a, for a hobby. And yeah, I walked into Knowledge and I'd heard about this place and it just blew my mind. Like, you know, it was like the rave reinvented, you know, because the scene had become a bit, you know, the vibe, the rave vibe had sort of gone a little bit out of the scene in London by sort of the end of 92. Well, maybe not the end of 92, but around sort of 93, it kind of lost some of what I liked about the early sort of 89, 90, 91 thing. Sorry, Steph, go ahead. I was going to say, what kind of DJs were playing there then at that time? Colin Dale, Colin Favor, Loft Groover. Um, they had this guy called Vanya who claimed to be from PCP, but I think he just had some sort of loose relationship with Mark or something at the time. Uh, the Outcast Clan guys were doing PAs there. Um, yeah, they yeah they had uh, 
various sort of guest DJs and stuff. It it wasn't so much about the DJs though, that club, you know, you just go, you go because it was the only place you could go and you'd walk in and it'd be going, <laughs> and it'd just be like, oh. <laughs> you know, and smiling, happy people everywhere, you know, having a fucking amazing time, which was like the early vibe from the rave scene, which is why I fell in love with the rave scene, you know, because I was into hip hop before and that was quite moody really. And then, you know, going into the the first Acid House rave parties that I went to, I was like, oh yeah, I like this. People are nice here. They're friendly. I can relax and enjoy the music and have a good time. And like I say, the rave scene in London, sort of around 93, had stopped being a bit like that. Not why? So bad. I was, that's what I was going to ask. Why? What changed? It just become, yeah, become hugely popular. Like it was just massively popular. And okay. um, yeah, the vibe had kind of gone. It, it got a bit moody. Like, the drug dealers are kind of taking it over a little bit and stuff. And yeah, it wasn't so cool. Mm. And then I walked into knowledge and it was just like being back in the rave, like 110%. It was amazing. You know, the drum and bass, I loved the drum and bass music at the time. The early jungle was a big fan, but I didn't really like going to the parties. They were just a bit moody, yeah. um, which was a shame, you know. And so you met Simon there. And... You, I think so. I think that's where I first kind of would have probably spoken to him. But then Simon other, Underground, by the way. To Simon for, Underground, for yeah. yeah. And then obviously going to other clubs in London that also then started doing techno nights like Eurobeat. He also had a, a record stall there. And yeah, just got to know him. And then, you know, he was like, well, look, give me your number, you know, I'll come round and I'll bring my tunes over and we can sit and have a cup of tea. He always liked to have a cup of tea when he come round. And um, yeah, I'd sit there and go through records. It was great. I mean, having a record shop coming to your house. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's not to like? <laughs> yeah. And so that, yeah. I guess that relationship developed. Then you started doing, doing bookings together. I mean, I've got, yep. got some flyers here from 96 in Brixton. Um, let me just bring this up. <clears throat> 96 in Bri yeah. Uh, yeah. Brixton. You guys yeah. are playing together. That's right. Uh, in fact, so, my my son yeah. was the first baby Simon had ever held, and he, he likes to tell that story. I think oh, that's really? very cute. Yeah, I hope it wasn't at this party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, so you forged. Say well, yeah. so that, James Sadia. He's another another guy from sort of Energy FM. Yeah, yep. DSL was from Energy FM. Uh, Sadia was from Energy Suicide Squad, obviously was uh simon max death um and their other their other friend uh chris i think believe his name was um yeah there were lots of little sort of uh basement kind of little rave parties like that in london mm. um yeah so me and simon yeah we just became good friends and we hit it off and yeah still to this day nice so when did you guys meet steph and and that because you guys when when I met Steph, I I knew, already knew that you guys were like old friends, and I think that was around a similar time, right? Ninety seven. Mm, it was yeah, the underground. I can't remember. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you asked me earlier, Joe, and I was like, I can't yeah, remember. But it, I mean, I came down to London in ninety five, so it was it was obviously after that, but don't know exactly when. I mean, I remember it was. I mean, I used to go to the four one four as well, like the Acid Munchies nights. That, that kind of thing that was on and it was probably there that I first saw you but as to where we actually met can't really remember 
I think the first time we actually had a conversation was at the underground Simon's night in Ross Ith in, right. in Scotland. I think, I think. That was 98, was, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the first time we'd actually sort of, I think we'd seen each other around quite a bit, but that was the first time we actually kind of had some time to sit and chat and stuff. And I remember you had a blue Mohican. Yeah. Yeah, very cool that was. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the flyer for that somewhere. Well, I, I think it'll take a while to dig out. Yeah, I've got pretty much all of the flyers from all of the hardcore events that ever happened from 1990 wow. through to... There's some good parties did, that Simon did there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those underground lineups were good. Yeah. All right. So we're at 97. Yeah. Um Live Evil started in 97. Again, not, I said yeah. before, 94 and 97, big, big years for hardcore in the UK. 90, yeah. 97s also when, I think it was Death Chance started 97 or was it 94? I can't remember now. And then there was uh, Steam and North were on those mm. date, those years as well. So unknowingly, a lot of yeah. people all kind of started, did, doing stuff. started yeah. this shit all at the same time. So we've yeah. got the... The first, um, let me try and bring this up. One second. First live evil. Boom. Zoom in. There it is. Uh, yep. Thursday, 30th of January, 97. Nazan Bluton, Zyla Kane, Suicide Squad, Traffic, Pressure Head, UK Skullfuck, and Colonel Stench. That's a banging lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, blimey. Yeah. It really, it really was. Were you already involved in the organisation as a, as a promoter or, or a, a collaborator with Simon at that point, or were you just there as no. a DJ? Yeah, just there as a, as an artist. I mean, obviously, mm. I'd done the disturbance parties. I was promoting parties, but I didn't have anything to do with with putting those nights on with Simon back then. That was all him. Mm -hmm. um, I can't, I honestly can't remember how long I've been involved in doing live evil. It's probably like six years or something now, maybe a bit more. I'm okay. not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were lots of those early live evil parties and they were small parties. I mean, the, 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 the crime was, is they weren't really that well attended, you know, that it was a small gathering of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess that's just, that was the nature of London at the time. You know, it was so underground. It was so small. Mm -hmm. Such a yeah. killer lineup, you know, <laughs> I think I remember going to, going to one. I didn't go to that one, but I think I, I don't know if it was the one after that or, or maybe a few after that at the three 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 on Old Street. Yeah, and there was literally Mark N doing an overcast set, Nars and Blue and um, uh, Colonel Stench again as well. Yeah, it was just like an insane lineup, and there was about six people there. It was just like, <laughs> so, you know, like a shame, but also I was just like, you know, so people are just missing out on this. this it's, yeah, it was an absolute crime yeah yeah it's well it's a testament to to simon's passion and drive and yeah. belief right no it is 100 and, and it's and it's everyone's if you've been a promoter you know the fucking game you yeah. roll the dice you spend the money sometimes you get it and it nails it and hopefully the time when it goes really well outweighs the time when it goes wrong and you have to play the balance over the years and you just play the long game on it and you've got to start somewhere and yeah. It's just one of them. And yeah, Simon's undeniable. ethos is is very much kind of looking at, you know, when I talk to him, you know, and I'm saying, come on, how are we going to get the engagement up on social media? You know, how are we going to make sure, you know, this next party's packed and everything? And he's just like, nah, nah, 
just chill, man. You know what I mean? He goes, as long as we're all there having a good night and playing our tunes and doing what we want, that's all that matters. <laughs> like, and I'm it. like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout to Simon, man. Shout to Simon Underground. What yeah. cornerstone of yeah. worldwide hardcore? Big up. Yeah. Big up. Yeah. Um, let's get back to a bit of music. Um, so around 97, mm. um, another release on BTK. He, Simon's Kick. label. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dogside. Yeah. Can we give this a little spin? A little spin Let's do, it. Let's do yeah. it. Traffic, Darkside.
Nice stuff. So this was a uh, 97. Yeah, a dark side on Born to Kill 2, Simon Underground label. Uh, uh, your first solo four track EP, I think. Yeah, right? well, no, well, yes. The the crapshoot, crapshoot 10 was a three tracker. Okay. I so crapshoot 10 was, was yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 that was my first solo EP as Traffic, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I guess at this point, you started to get some big recognition, international recognition by now. Was yeah, I mean, it was Trip to Hell that, that did that, really. I think okay. it, was my, it was the first, yeah, it was Crapshoot 10. I mean, that's when Lucy got in contact with me from Canada and Steve, uh, from LA as well. I mean, it was, yeah, those guys, it was early doors, early days. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Lucy sent me an email, you know, I'd, I'd been out of the country with the music once before, I'd been to Austria. Simon had organized a night, and we all drove over there, a bunch of us. But then one day, yeah, I get this email through from Lucy uh, from Sublink, DJ Double D, and she's like, man, that uh, Homer Simpson track you did on Crapshoot, <laughs> ab- absolutely legendary. We all absolutely love that track. You have to come and play for us in Canada. I was like, okay, <laughs> shit, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, did a flight on my own, went out there, met someone I've never met before. I was, yeah. Was I think I've of... got a picture of Double, uh, Double D here somewhere. Um Du, 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 du. Here we go. Oh, this is from 2009, though. Yeah, well, I went back the, out. It's the same crew. Um, let me just yeah. bring this up. Um, there we go. So that's yeah. Double D. So this is Lucy here on the right, I guess. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet people. Uh, lovely, lovely people, man. Canadians they really... are lovely, though, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> mate. And they so yeah. looked after me. You know, like they they took me i stayed there for a week she's like look you can turn it into a little holiday come and stay in our house you've got a room um yeah they took me out every day i went to banff they took me up into the mountains the rocky mountains and everything and they really looked after me and yeah i kind of kind of blew my mind i was like fuck man all because i made that tune you know what i mean all my amiga at home what the fuck you know mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy because um, it was it was one of the first tracks he did as well. It was kind of yeah. really impressive to get that recognition straight away. Straight, I know. Yeah, so early on, yeah. I know. Yeah, it did blow my mind. Really did. And and Steve as well. Steve was another one. He contacted me. You know, similar kind of email, dude. Steve fucking, fiend, yeah. Fiend, yeah. yeah. And he was like, dude, absolutely love your music. You know, you've got to come out to LA. You can stay in my house. You know, turn it into a holiday again, another week. Went out there, the dude just was amazing. Like, we've stayed friends ever since. Like, you know, that guy's an absolute legend. Like, he took me yeah. to Disneyland, everything, man. He laid it all on. I stayed in his house with his parents, who were absolutely amazing. Cooked me food. Like, yeah, had the best time. Like, amazing. Shout yeah. to Steve. He's in the chat. So yeah, I know he is. Nothing yeah. but love, brother. Represent. Brother Steve. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So... 98, you started your own label, Disturbance. Yeah, I did. I thought I'd give that a shot for a while. Give it a little whirl. <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. Uh, how did that come about then? Um, can't remember exactly how it started, but Stefan from Soundbase Music in Germany was running these P&D deals uh, where you basically send him a DAT, he'd get a load of records pressed up in the Czech Republic, he'd keep half of them and send me half of them, and then that was what I was then selling and... That was my money. That was my, you know, my portion. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so was you just giving it, them to Simon then and again? Well, this is this them? is yeah. You see, this is the thing, man. I mean, when I was out record shopping as a DJ in the rave days, like nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two, London was buzzing with record shops. Like I remember being in Black Market Records, in Unity Records, and you'd be there, and some guy would pull up in a car come out with a box of white labels, just literally walk in and, you know, Nicky Black Market or Ray Keith, whoever was there would be like, oh, we'll take 20 of them. They go straight on the deck. Everyone was hearing it. You get people go, yeah, I'll have one of them. It was just I miss buzzing. That shit, man. Oh man, it was buzzing. And then when I started Disturbance, because of the poor reception of hardcore techno in London, especially, <laughs> I couldn't fucking sell those records. Like, you know what I mean? None of the record shops were interested. There were a couple like, Big up John Kennedy down in Big Apple Records, which ended up actually being the birthplace of dubstep many years later. But yeah, he took my records in. He supported me. Um, And yeah, the rest went to Simon. And I'd take them out to gigs and stuff, you know, try and flog a few uh, while I was DJing and whatever. But yeah, I only did four releases. I I didn't really want to do more than that. It It was cool. I enjoyed it. But I was more interested in trying to get my stuff out on other people's labels, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's a, a lot less rewarding to put out your own stuff. Um, you don't, I, I yeah. think it's the same viable recognition mm. because it's too easy, right? You can just whatever. Mm. And the perception of other people is like, oh, he's just fucking do what he wants. So, yeah. Exactly. And like the... when the likes of Laurent Ho contacts you and says, I want to put a you know record out on Epitaph, I was like, okay, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fuck yep. giving disturbance. <laughs> Well, somebody asked in the chat actually, how did how did traffic meet Lauren Ho? So please tell us. Oh God, how where, how did that all start up? I can't remember again. I th- um, I don't know how you met, but I was with you when you actually went to sign the contract for that release. Were you? Yeah, because we went for a night out somewhere to some clubs, and we met him at Trends in Hackney. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I remember you saying, "Oh, I'm going to go and sign my contract." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my God, this is insane!" Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what an amazing thing that was. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'd had other labels turn that EP down as well. I, I, I was a bit disheartened with that EP. I'd had people send it back to me going, nah, 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 it's not what we want. And then Laurent got in contact with me and he was like, I'd love to put some of your stuff out. Have you got anything? So I reluctantly <laughs> sent him the same dap. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's going to wait. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And he's like, mate, it's fucking awesome. I'm having that. I was like, oh, thank God for that. You know. Yeah, and he put it out and... Yeah, it did quite well. People liked it, so that was the mind meld EP. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I was really chuffed with with being signed to Epitaph, man. Yeah, yeah, bet. Bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big time. So the you, the French connection was very strong, but at, at some point, so you had the 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 Laurent connect, but eventually you went. I mean, you you did a lot of work with Epileptic, and you had a strong. French connection, as do a lot of UK Absolutely. artists, actually, because it's obviously it's across the water. But there's something about the, the music that was synergist with each other, I guess. Yeah, I, you know, when those first Dead End records came out and when, you know, the stuff that, uh, you know, Radium and Micropoint, you know, it was absolutely, oh, mate, like hearing those tunes for the first time, it was like, oh, my God, this is just next level. You know what I mean? Next yeah. level. And like... I so badly wanted to go out there and play at their parties. And uh, yeah, it happened. I got really tight with the epileptic guys. They really took care of me. And yeah, they were great. 
And we're, yeah, I was busy out there for a while. Well, we're talking about Micropoint. And you sent me some of your inspiration tracks. Maybe it's a yeah. nice one to drop. Let's, let's yeah. play Micropoint Noisegate because we all yeah. love that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's there. You said Micropoint. I'm like, huh, let's play Micropoint. So let's go Micropoint, Noisegate, or Micropoint, as you should say in French, apparently. I'm probably going to get killed for saying that wrong. Uh, she's next door. Um, Micropoint, Noisegate, 96. Let's go. Played in, ho in homage to Micropoint. Um, but let's talk a bit more about the French Connect because, as we said before, Epileptic, uh, Epitaph, these guys helped you in, in many ways in yeah. building your, your, your network or building your footprint in Europe. So how did that, how did that actually start? I can't remember how I first met uh, Cecile and Joel, uh, epileptic guys. Um, I think they contacted me and said they were coming to London. I think that's what it was. And would I like to meet up? And they came 
uh, we met up and they came back to my place and again, similar story, played them some tracks. Um, and yeah, they loved it. They wanted to release it. They particularly liked incriminating evidence, but that had already been allocated to uh, social parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that would have been released on epileptic had it not uh, gone there. Uh, they were kind of gutted about that. They really liked that track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Cecile and Joel really believed in me. You know, they really did. And they, they, uh, they really upped my game in France massively. I was playing out there a lot. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, like, a lot. Yeah. Between nine, 98 and 2000. And then after well, 2000 to, yeah. as well, you did. Yeah. Really it was, more. I mean, up until 2003, up until when I sort of took a back seat and quit for a while, you know, right mm-hmm. up until that point, they were just, they were, they were bang on it with me. You know, they, they really were. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, really lovely people, you know. Yeah, had some some amazing times in France. Yeah, and played a lot there with uh, my buddies as well. You know, Matt and Jason, they 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 uh, loved Matt's stuff. They'd heard some of Jason's stuff, and they wanted to do this kind of collaboration thing. And they called it South of London, which is a very literal kind of French translation of South London. You know, <laughs> um, and we were happy with that. We were like, yeah, go for it. You know, and. Um, yeah, they got us loads of gigs as, as, as south of London as well. So a lot of the parties that, you know, we were playing, I was doing a DJ set and then a live set. So it was like a double whammy, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, we kind of dominated a load of those parties. You know, we were headlining most of them and and they were big and well attended. And yeah, it was really, really fun. And yeah, I'm really grateful for what those guys did to me, you know, for me massively. I think yeah. I have a picture here, south of London. Um, I've got... Uh, picture here, Epileptic HQ. I guess that's... Oh, uh, yeah. We're chapping. So bring that up. Um, here we go. Yeah, Epileptic in Bastille. HQ. Yeah, in Bastille in France. That was their apartment. That's Chappie the Plumber. <laughs> Chappie the Plumber? Is that his name, really? Yeah, he he, he was... Yeah, he released an epileptic, didn't he? He did. He, he, he did. Stuff, yeah. Epileptic 2 oh. or something. I can't remember which one. It was a really early one, yeah. Really early one, yeah. He was always at all the parties, dancing on stage. Is a great character, a great Must guy. Must have been banging kick drums in that studio. Have you seen the window? <laughs> it's fucking gone through, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, just, I'm just looking for some pictures here of uh, uh, South of London. In, did you send one? Pretty sure. Uh, I've sent several pictures of us. Yeah, there's us playing. Yeah, here we at... go. France gig. This is the one I'm looking for here. There we go. Uh, boom. There yeah, go, there's you guys playing on stage. A lot of those parties there were in the sort of big music venues on the sort of Strasbourg kind of, you know, the, the east side of France, mm-hmm. um, in Metz, Nancy, those kind of places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big music venues, you know, really good, mm-hmm. well organized. And so they're so hospitable. Like, you know, every time we played in France, you know, it was always you have a meal and there was wine and you know, the whole sort of thing, it always made you feel really welcome and really valued the kind of the music, you know, mm. I it wasn't that was, just, yeah, sorry, not. no, I was going to say, you know, coming from London where it was kind of like, you'd be lucky if you get your bus fare, you know, like <laughs> they really had a massive appreciation for art and music there, you know, and, and we got really well looked after. It was great. Yeah. I think, I think that generally in, in Europe, the, the artist handling, is was always on a better level than I was experiencing in the UK. In the UK, oh, sure. it was just you get your fee and that's yeah. it. 
There's no travel on top of no, that. Oh, There's no hotel. Fucking no. sort yourself out, kid. Like, that's yeah. it. It's, it's whatever yeah, you should be grateful flat. you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, it and, and, and I like to now pride myself on when I do parties in the UK, making sure that yeah. the things that I've learned from that hospitality are reflected to people in the UK. There's a, there's a drinks backstage, yeah. there's food available, yeah. everything you want sorted, your hotel, you've got a driver, all that kind of stuff. It's people yeah. don't even know what that is in the UK. And they're like, no, wow, like, you know. no. And there were a few occasions when I play in Europe, you know, and I think Astropolis was one that springs to mind. And, you know, backstage, they had all these, sort of tables laid out where you could get a massage and everything, you know, and I'm saying to, <laughs> to, to the, to the stage managers there, Christ, you people don't half lay it on here, you know? And they're like, yeah, but if you feel relaxed and comfortable, then you're going to play a better set. Yeah. And I was like, it's yeah, true. that's true, man. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And they we'll look after it. you. We all love a little power nap before our set. If we've got a late yeah. one, don't we? Come on. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's be done. Fuck oh yeah. Have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a power nap during your set. <laughs> amazing so let's talk about uh the south of london thing then um i know matt's in the chat how did that come about what was the what was the scenario well that was yeah so i was i was working with the epileptic guys i was out in france an awful lot um obviously matt had released tracks we were friends they'd met matt you know so on and so forth they'd heard some of jason's music as well because we were all friends and hanging out and they said, yeah, let's do something, you know, let's put you guys together and do like a South London kind of act, you know. Yeah. Um, and we said to them, well, you know, we're not, I don't think we're really going to be down with all sort of sitting together and working on tracks together. And they were like, no, it can be like individual tracks. Like we can put like two or three traffic tracks on there, two or three Matt Green ones and so on, you know, two or three uh, Asylum MD ones and do it like as a compilation sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that and we sent them over a bunch of stuff and they liked, they liked it all. And, um, yeah, I think the CD came out first. There was a vinyl release as well, but I think that came later. There was two, wasn't there? Two, yeah. Part one, part two. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. So that's how that happened. And, and like I said, a lot of the gigs then when that happened, a lot of the gigs then I'd, I'd go out there playing as traffic DJing and then do the live set as South of London with mm-hmm. with Matt and Jay as well. Matt Matt we're talking about Matt Green by the way for everybody in the chat. Yes, Mr. Matt, Green. Are you there? Cuz I'll give you a call if you are. Let me know, buddy. I think he, I think he is. I can see him commenting in the right, uh... I'm going to bell him up now. Yeah, so there then... he is. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm going to call you now. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Not a video call, just a voice call. Hold on. Uh I'll just bell you up. These guys will be able to hear you, but you probably won't be able to hear them. Can you hear that, guys? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear that. Yeah. Don't leave me hanging, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you on Facebook, man. Yo. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hey, mate. hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry, mate. The fucking phone. I could have figured out how to work it. <laughs> That's all right. How's it going, man? <laughs> yeah, good, good, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah, sound. You were just uh, paying you some respect on the on the show, like I can see yeah, you in the chat yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here loving it. Soaking it all up, brother. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I've got the lurgy at the moment, so if I sound a bit weird... No, then, you sound uh, fine, mate. Yeah. You sound fine. <laughs> wait, How's wait, things wait, with wait. you anyway? I see you've got an album coming out soon. 
Oh, mate, yeah, it's out, man. Yeah, it yeah, it's all good. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it always slipped out. You got you must trust, bruv. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't know when it comes yeah, out. Mate, I got yeah. it before it came out, so I, it was already done for me then. Yeah, because I sent I sent a few of them out. I finished yeah, it, like, yeah. September last year or some shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, nice. No, to be honest, it's, I was saying um, uh, to my mates that it's, like, it's going to be interesting listening to this, you know, these stories from that because it's basically... Uh, you know, uh, refresh my memory with a lot of stuff. And I mean, it's true, those French parties, you know, the epileptic parties, as we called them, uh, you know, it was just mad, like absolutely mad. The one, the picture that was just shown from the um, Pulsar mix, that this uh, lovely lady Adele, she did a whole series of them. And it, we were just like, uh, we're walking past like mega death posters and stuff as we go to the stage and shit. And it was just like, rah, this, this shit, shit got real. So, yeah, yeah, definitely very, very cool. So you got, uh, Nat tells me you've got a photographic day, day per hour per minute memory. So have you got, you got any juicy goss on Nat for us? Or what? <laughs> To be honest, yeah, shit, to do the memory thing, yeah, yeah. It's only my brain comes up with crap. When I can't remember real shit, it just makes some stories up, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But, um, no, nah, to be honest, the, the, the mad thing I was thinking about, because um, obviously there was fucking lockdown and everything, so I didn't see people for a while and shit. But, I mean, when I was reconnecting with Nat, you know, as you get older, you reflect back. Just the idea that when I first tuned in, like, it's, I'm going through jungle stations with Energy FM, you know, and I suddenly, it's like everything's bleeding into each other, and I come across Energy fm with nat playing like nars and blue and stuff or whatever and it was just my jaw hit the floor and the idea that you know less than two years later i'm on vinyl with him i mean that is just you know it's one of those dreams that now if you were to say it it's like oh my god shit well wow. but you have to stop and you have to realize these things because it was mad respect really it was like you know and just to say a funny story when i first properly met nat in a club I'm there waiting for Jason, who I knew, and the others. And it was in Brixton, I think it was 414, Acid Munchies Club. And this dude's going around going, pills, pills. And I was like, oh, fuck it. And I took half, and I thought, okay. And then I'll wait for like, you know, and then I took the other one. And then that comes in. And so I'm blitzed by the time I was just a total idiot, basically, by the time, uh, you know, you come and shit. But no, good times, good times, man. Yeah. Good times, man. It's good to, so, good to hear you doing well, man. And uh, nice to see you uh, putting tunes out again, man. Oh, definitely, mate, definitely. You know what I mean? And the, the Sieben and all that. Yeah, Jay, Jay Tracy is Sieben Stein, bitter nine. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and Joe, mate, uh, just to say in the beef, uh, you did me a solid when you got me that solid, bruv. So, yeah, we have solidified our friendship, definitely, mate. I have no and, idea uh, what you're talking and, about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beef, uh, beef of blurry memories and yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, again, Steph Machine, mate, we'll chat up soon, mate. We'll, we'll catch up and yeah, have a good old chit-chat and all that, mate. Great. And now, we're Spocko. Bring in Spocko. You've got, got my cat. Spocko for the video feed. <laughs> see, I'll, I'll, I'll see if he's you around. Know what I'm talking about. You guys get back to it, man. Good All chat, right, good Matt, chat, love you bro. loads, bro. And hopefully we can get you on the show at some All right, point. Stay safe, mate. Safe, bro. Right, see you soon, bro. See you later, bye, man. Bye. Love you loads. See you. <laughs> Matt Green, ladies and gentlemen. His voice. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a geezer. Yeah. He's outside. Oh, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> For my cat. <laughs> oh, right. Got you. Uh, Matt's a geezer, right? Oh, I love Matt. He's my brother. Yeah. yeah. Long time Top friend. Guy. Yeah. Top guy. Yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about in Ibiza. It wasn't me. <laughs> no. I'm sure that was Al that sorted that night out. I wasn't. I don't, I don't remember. I wasn't, I wasn't there. <laughs> I did send you a picture of me and Matt in Ibiza, actually. Yeah, you did. Um, 
let's put that up. Uh, uh, here we go. Oh, there's the cat. There's hey, my cat, buddy. <laughs> um, here we go. Guest pictures. Say hello to Matt. Are you gonna say hello to Matt? <laughs> yeah. Am I fuck? <laughs> Let me off. <laughs> fuck off. Here we go. Matt. The yeah, legend. there we go. And uh, yeah. wicked. Oh, we had a good night there. That was a great trip, that was. Yeah, I always have a good laugh in Ibiza. I think yeah. I played there on that You one. did. You were there too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what he's talking about, but I can neither confirm nor deny any allegations, officer. <laughs> 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 and someone asking where my cats are, they're, they're quiet and they're chilled there, and I'm happy with that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we got to like 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to ask something. So, you were you were like quite pioneering at the time because you were fusing kicks and breaks, drum and bass elements, hardcore techno stuff like that. W were there any uh, like how did the French receive it really well? Because typically, they're not like break loving people. Like, so how was it? received when you were over there was it like overwhelming success or was there some hit and miss how how was that no it was good I, I i don't ever remember playing a night in france where you know that horrible thing happens where you end up clearing the dance floor you know that just yeah. never happened like mm -hmm. they were always really you know they responded really well to everything mm -hmm. and you know i mean as a dj i i never really played my own records very much at all um but obviously doing the south of london pas i was playing you know my tracks mm -hmm. and yeah they were received really well the people really liked them mm -hmm. yeah even the really breakbeat heavy tracks yeah yeah i mean i always kind of struggled with it honestly because you know i had this kind of hip-hop and rave background which was very breakbeat orientated and when the hardcore Gabba early techno, hard techno thing sort of started, like I said earlier, there was kind of a disassociation with the rave scene. And there was a little bit of hate towards breakbeats um, in the scene. And I felt that pressure. And like Jansky Noise, for example, that track that I made uh, that ended up getting released on Epileptic, that sat on my hard drive for like three years before I did anything with it. Um so I was always a little bit kind of, you know, reluctant to to do that. But I just, it just is what I did. So I just did it, you know, and I did get some criticism for it. I mean, I remember getting an email from this one guy who was outraged that he bought one of my EPs and then he bought the next one when it came out and it didn't sound like the first one. It didn't sound like the same. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, what the hell's going on? You know, I want my money back kind of thing, you know, and I was like, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I did struggle with all of that like massively and I, I i would have liked to have used more breakbeats i think um and that part one track that a lot of people kind of you know say is is this pioneering sort of you know the first real fusion of drum and bass and hardcore thing i mean i never really saw it like that you know there were early rave records where people were using kick drums with breakbeats it wasn't new um and my friends at the time uh, Piers and, and Mark from from Energy Mission and Wildman, they were playing all the Ed Rush and Nico tunes at the time, and I loved those kind of like two step breakbeats, you know. 
So I was like, yeah, I want to do a track that's got the elements of what my mates enjoy in that kind of drum and bassy kind of thing, but I'm going to whack some fucking heavy kick drums over the top and, and technify it, you know? And uh, yeah, I didn't really think anything of it. To me, it was just an obvious thing to do. And well, I mean, you know, there are people that do consider that to be quite a groundbreaking mm. track, I guess, but mm. um, yeah, just like with everything else, I just enjoyed doing what I was doing and just did my thing, you know, but like I say, I always had these reservations about the breakbeats. Mm. Mm. Tracks in the chat. Oh, sorry, Steph, go ahead. I was just going to say like that part one track, I think for me, that's almost what makes it so special is that maybe it wasn't forced. It was just something that you felt was natural and that yeah. came through and yeah, those are often the tracks that become the classics where it's not something that was almost intentional, but it was yeah. just done through the feeling and then like the artistic necessity to do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just, there's like a purity to it then, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And yeah. just to address what Traxxas said in the chat, yeah, I'm, I know that post 2000 going forward, there was things like Peace Off, et cetera, in France and Breaks were, you know, heavily accepted, but you have to remember that the, the UK, the foundations of the UK were built on breaks and and France, not so much. So I, I think there was a difficult time, shall we say, where in hardcore, especially where it was very formulated French hardcore and the UK is synonymous with breaks. So that invasion um, was a little bit difficult. And the, the point that you're making there, Nat, regarding breaks and hardcore, that was due to the jungle and hardcore split and the attitudes towards music and the, and the crowds, the, the moodiness, mm. et cetera, right? So yeah. just, to, just to clarify for tracks what I'm talking about there, I don't want it to get twisted, that's all. Um, so we're talking about, um, we talked about part one. So yeah. should we play part one? Because that's a great tune. Yeah. Go for it. 2000 Traffic, part one. Let's go. Press play.
almost weird hearing that played at the right speed. <laughs> I'm going to say it because everyone used to jack the fuck out of that one, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a goodie. So uh, let's put that on the screen. I've got that here somewhere. Point one. That was on Corrupt Force. So that was on Matt Green's record label. That was on Matt's label, yeah, which was, I guess, another reason why I kind of made it breakbeat because I know Matt also has a very uh, similar love of breakbeats to me. Um, we're, we're the same there. So it was, uh, in fact, I think he actually prefers part two out of the two tracks on that. I think he's often said to me that he thinks that's the better track of the two. And that okay. never really, no one ever really played that, I don't think. I used to play all of the tracks off these, all of the early stuff by right. you guys. I used to hammer the fuck out of them. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a link in the chat for anybody who wants to check it out. You can probably cop that on record if you're lucky. Um, great record. Great record. Really, really good. And so... I don't think I asked, but where did your relationship with Matt start? Did we, we did we cover that? No. So um, as he sort of touched on there when he was on the phone, he was friends with Jason. Uh, and those guys had known each other for probably, I don't know, two or three or four years or so before he met me. Maybe not four, maybe two or three years, I guess. And... Um, yeah, so it's probably around 97, I think, when I first met Matt. And I was introduced to him through Jason. Um, Warlock. No, Jason Asylum. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, South of London, yeah. Jason. Okay. Yeah, because Jason Asylum was one of my listeners on the radio show. Okay. He used, to call, he used to call up a lot, and I used to do a lot of shouts out to him and his friends. And then I played, uh, there was a Eurobeat night where Lenny D played, and I was on the lineup as well, and they came to, to see me, and that's when I first met them. But that's probably, that was like 94, 95. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years after that, uh, Jason then introduced me to Matt. Okay. Uh, so I think that was, I think it was 97. I think I was living in Norbury at the time. Uh, I'm sure Matt's got a better memory of it than me. <laughs> As you call him. <laughs> things, things were a little bit hazy back then for me. Oh, really? wonder <laughs> <Yeah>. why. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we instantly clicked and... Uh, yeah, we're good friends still. So, yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, great guy. I want to rewind a little bit because we've missed the point. And the point was, we keep on talking about this. There's the London thing and then there's the rest of the fucking Northerners, right? So we talked about this bridge that you went to play at North and mm. and, and that was through meeting Greg, I believe. It was. Who's normally yeah. the host of the show. So yes. how did that happen and, and what... Because I want to, I want to know that bit. That's that's really interesting to me. So tell me. So yeah, just um, at the time I was doing, you know, the underground parties, disturbance parties. What planet are you on? Hellraisers in Brixton. You know, Simon had done uh, a couple of nights here and there, the underground things like that. I kind of got in with the Deliverance guys, uh, mm -hmm. Dave O and the Trap Boy, but it was all very underground parties. You know, like a hundred people sort of thing. Yeah. And um, did this Deliverance uh, night up in Preston, I believe it was. Um, and yeah, uh, myself and Greg were headlining. Um, it was the first time I'd ever met Greg and, uh, yeah, he loved my stuff and he was like, you know, man, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to have a word with uh, Andy and see if we can get you on at North. And, uh, sure enough, uh, a little while after Andy gets in contact and books me for North. 
And that was the first time I sort of walked into one of these kind of, you know, North of England kind of rave hardcore mm-hmm. techno nights, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, this is <laughs> this is not a small underground party in Brixton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, that was my introduction uh, to that more kind of club rave, more slightly bigger kind of, you know, thing that was going on in the North of England. And I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that sort of introduced me to to the to the people the ravers and the and the, the party people up there as well mm-hmm. that was that's uh, without a doubt the reason that we know each other is through that through that meeting through well there you are you meeting yeah. greg there yeah because then you went on to play there and then species and i booked you at oblivion as well that's right was... yeah yeah oh, really cool. i love yeah. this uh the fuel by hate bus on this flyer here <laughs> yeah. glenn smurf's uh, thing here look 15 yeah. pounds but the more people who come the more cheaper it will be <laughs> brilliant brilliant shout out to glenn smurf Big yeah up, man. yeah man all right so um we're at 2000 kind of 2001 yeah um we talked a bit about the epileptic connect we've got we've got some more tracks that we're gonna skip over here if we're not careful so i guess in in the interests of time we'll We'll do a little poll to choose which track we play next. So I've got two tracks from 2001. We have got Traffic Incriminating Evidence on Social Paradise. And we've got Traffic Resistance on Epileptic. So I'm going to create a poll in the chat right now. Um, Which track? There we go. You can vote, Steph, if you want. Noise. <laughs> don't try I didn't send it. him that one. <laughs> <laughs> or mind belt. Don't try and sway the vote. This is like, you can't do this. Not Trump. <laughs> right, here we go. Vote, the vote's in the chat, guys. Um, get voting. We'll give it 30 seconds. And uh, whichever one gets the most votes, we will play. By the way, I'm drinking this, this hardcore beer. This is a new one that they're about to bring out. Uh, quad damage. It's based on the Quake computer game, like the the power up. Oh, Quake, the cool. quad damage. Look. Oh, nice. And it's a quadruple, nine percent. Bloody hell! Oh yeah, it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah. Getting all loose for the Q and A at the end. Delicious. <laughs> that was a mic okay. track as well, wasn't it? Quad damage. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's this voting looking like? Oh, it's tight, you know, guys. Oh, 31 I think votes. I, I think I know which one will win. You you can sway the vote if you go and vote. No, maybe. no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm closing it. Uh, someone, Industrial Jamie said, um, wasn't quad damage in a microphone chat. Yes, it was the one with the um, Matrix sample, Dodge This, in it. It was on the new... First new, Neurofony album? Yeah, Neurofony yeah, album, yeah. 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 With the cool anime artwork on it and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's 50%. Right, Is 10 it? seconds. <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, look at how close that is. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Right, here we go. Okay. Let's go.
you know what guys I fucked up here because that was supposed to be 2001 incriminating evidence and resistance not mind meld but I'm gonna play it anyway here we go <laughs> Awesome fucking cab shaker. That is a beast, yeah. That's a beast. That <laughs> screaming in the middle just gets me every single time. And it's just like, whoa, like, wow, man. Fucking brilliant. Great work, oh, good thank man. Thank you. So thank good, you, so good. Thank you, guys. Great work. Somebody in the chat has just made me laugh. Steaks in the chat says, I've got to confess, by the way, for a long time, I thought traffic was French due to him releasing there so often. I even pronounced it French as traffic. <laughs> traffic. <laughs> that was brilliant. Awesome, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Stick. Uh, and someone else also said, I think it was Jay, who, by the way, lost a toenail during the show. Don't know how he's done that, but good one, Jay. 
Um, he says this this track reminds me of Nazim Bluton. Is it concrete compress compressor? Inspired? Uh, no, I'd no? say Napalm Four was probably my inspiration mm. for mm. for driving that level of distortion. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> I love that Napalm 4 track. Yeah. Fucking hell. Played the absolute shit out yeah. of that. And somebody's saying, are we just going to skip over Point Break? Yeah. Well, you didn't send me that. I didn't send you that. No. I mean, that came out on Static Records, yeah. uh, Lee, Lee G's label. A uh, friend of Heretics, actually, that guy. Um, yeah, he released that. There was an Overcast track on that and stuff. And... Um, yeah, I was never happy with the with the with the quality of the pressing. The the pink vinyl, uh, it was really quite bad, and it was a shame. And it used to be when, difficult to do coloured vinyl, right? It's a lot yeah. better now. We do good ones now, but back in the day, some of the presses we used to get were fucking it, terrible. It was done in that Czech plant as well, I think, and it was just pretty bad. And um, when I got in with the epileptic guys, and they, you know, they were just asking me for tunes all the time. I said to them, look, how would you feel about re-releasing one of my old tracks? It's a track that I, I really love and I never felt that it got, you know, the justice sort of sound quality wise that it deserved. And they asked me which one it was and I told them and straight away they were like, yep, you know, give us it here, we'll we'll stick it on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it got it got a decent vinyl release, which I was glad about. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> and that was, uh, that was Amiga. And there was a, a little program that I that I found, and it was like a 303 emulator. It wasn't a plug-in because plugins didn't exist then, but it was like a standalone 303 box, like software. And I programmed in all the patterns and then exported them out and then loaded them in as samples into the Amiga and then did that old trick I was saying earlier on about distorting the kicks and the hi-hats and everything through one channel and then running the 303s through the other channel. And it was just like... Yeah, just loops of 303s going up in intensity, you know. Mm. And uh, always been a massive fan of, of Acid and 303. Still am. Yep. Still use my 303 plugins. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who doesn't, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's point so break. So, 2001, 2000, 2002, that was yep. when we first met. We've been talking right. for a little while on, yeah. I think it was UK scene forums or the right. North mailing list or something. The Gabba mailing list, the Gabba yeah. mailing list, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I booked you in, um, one second, I booked you in Leicester at Oblivion. It was the, it was the, the first night when I was involved when we moved to our new um, wow. New venue, 2002. I did this sick flyer design, by the way. If anybody wants a flyer <laughs> doing, I'm your guy. <laughs> Very um, good. No, it's, a, it's a absolutely horrific, but it was a great night. And at the time, um, uh, this lineup was, well, I think it's still sick now. Um, boom. So we had you, Enticer, um, Technoist. Death Machine, he was all right. Uh, Enigma and Tones, uh, Tones is in the chat, I think. Uh, me playing Acid Techno, that was back when I used to play Acid Techno with Enzyme. Uh, Jay, Pres uh, Jay Prescott and Sparky, Andy Techno, Nath Fox Epidemic. And then in the second room, we have my DJ Vibes, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the best of hard dance. And that was that was our thing in the second room. 
yeah, 2002. And yeah, somebody, somebody in the chat saying, but I thought crossbreed was invented around 2010. That's why I asked Noel um, when he came on the show, or Frank, I can't remember, if they really did in, invent this term crossbreed because Enticer <laughs> had that as his record label back in 2002. Never really got a straight answer on that, but yeah, we'll come back to that at one point. There isn't again. one. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was when we first met each other, 2002, mate. It's yeah, and you were just a young lad years. then, Joe. You was a young lad. I I'm remember. still a young lad now, mate. Well, Look of course. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's all relative. I, yeah, I, it's all, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really old on the inside. Trust me. Um, yeah, I think I was 16, something like that, and I was doing nights. Yeah. Something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, two thousand and two. Um, yeah. What was happening for you then, musically? Well, that was. I don't know. What was I doing in two thousand two? I was kind of DJing a lot. It's a lot in France in, still. In France, I was. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much almost every weekend. Uh, sometimes every weekend. And I was away a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what led up to me wanting to kind of quit, really. Um, you know, I had kids, financial pressures. I'd spent 10 years being traffic and not really a lot of time being nap. And kind of, yeah, just wanted to take a back seat. So by 2003, smashing out loads of gigs in France, and I just was like, yeah, okay, I, I don't want to do this anymore now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so... Took a back seat, sort of landed on my feet, kind of started teaching music in a college, which was great, and sharing all of the knowledge and experience that I'd had and, you know, helping to educate young people who was, it was a great, rewarding experience that, you know, really good. Um, and then, yeah, then sort of found myself, found my footing in life, so to speak, mm -hmm. and uh, thought, right, okay, Let's let's fire up Cubase again and see what I, happens. <laughs> I have I have an apology for you because I did I did something in two thousand and three. Yeah, I did something and I've always regretted doing it. Oh, I, no. I read, I read that you were quitting or or retiring yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. Right? Yeah, and my first reaction, being the vinyl junkie that I was, was to message you and say. Hey, sorry you're retiring. Can I buy your records? Well, you weren't the you weren't the only person. <laughs> but I always I always regretted that. To this day, I regret doing that. You know when you do things in your life and you're like every time you think of it, you're like, oh, I yeah, Man, yeah, I'm cringy so sorry. moment. It was it was no. Really you weren't the only person, Joe. Yeah. I had I had several emails like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and well, to I'm this glad day, it's not me. The rest of them are dickheads too. <laughs> Well, to this day, I've not sold a single one of those records. I'm, I own I'm them glad. all still. Yeah. Well, all I apologise for my my lack of um, <laughs> yeah my lack of communication skills or whatever. I was young and just wanted your records, bro. Fair <laughs> play. Yeah, we live in low, but so there's my apology to you. I hope you accept it, please. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Right, I can sleep good tonight. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> um. Okay, um, Jay's just sent me a picture of his toenail, which I oh, didn't really lovely. need to see, bro. Thanks, though. And I want to say, um, 
Hi to Stormtrooper in the chat. I didn't acknowledge you before. How's it going, man? Nice to see you. Hope you're okay. So, 2003, you had a little break. Yep. And then you've gone, boom, let's go again. Cubase yep. is fired up. Yep. Then what? So, I was getting emails throughout my my period of uh, of rest. And lots of people were asking if, you know, I'd come and play and... Honestly, I just ignored them. I thought, well, you know, you guys know that I've quit and I'm not playing out anymore. So I didn't answer any of those emails. And um, I'd started messing around on Cubase again a little bit and uh, done a lot of breakbeat stuff. At the time, I was listening to a lot of new school breaks, things, you know, music like people like Bomberman and stuff like that. Really loving the kind of hardcore, filthy, you know, breakbeat stuff, the, the new sort of UK sound that was happening then. So I started doing a little bit stuff like that. I made that here once again track that was like that. Um, made that crazed kid track as well, which was again had lots of acid in it, distorted breaks and like rolling kick drums. Not a single four four kick drum in the whole track. And I felt more comfortable doing that. Like I said earlier on, I always wrestled with the kind of breakbeat thing. But I really like I... that tune, that crazed kid tune. Yeah, I, I, I do. Tune, yeah. yeah, but but having that break from it and removing myself from the scene and then coming back, like I felt more confident doing what I wanted to do. And I was like, do you know what? It doesn't matter if people don't like it and it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit in mm -hmm. to what the the, the, the flavour of the month is. I don't well, because give a you've fuck. been so away anyway, it doesn't really yeah, matter to I, you. I, it's not going to you know, change and I didn't life. even know. I didn't even know what people would <laughs> I hadn't got a yeah. fucking clue. And uh, so I just did what I wanted to do. And I put those tracks on MySpace and a guy contacted me and said that he wanted to release them. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I also got a very touching email from Promo from uh, Holland as well. And he asked me if I would consider playing at Club Raw and joining his then new agency, TTM. And he said in this email that I'd been an inspiration to him and that he had a lot of respect for me and what I'd done. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to fucking do it. And nice. I emailed him back and I was like, yeah, I'm down with that. But I want to bring my missus and I want to stay for a few days and I want to hang out in Holland and turn it into a, <laughs> into a short break and have a good time. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely. And that was that. So then, yeah, I sort of started again. But it's never been... Since then, it's not been like it was before, you know, and I'm kind of glad about that. It's the novelty of being in airports every weekend kind of wears off. And I've got other interests and other things in my life now. Music's still a massive part of me. I listen to music every day of my life. And I enjoy my time sitting in front of Cubase. And I've got hundreds of tracks that last about two minutes that I've started and haven't finished. <laughs> um, but I don't put any pressure on myself. You know, I've done it. I've done it. And if people book me now, they book me because I'm old school and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you proved yourself to be a pioneer. So. Yeah. So I don't feel like I have anything to prove or, or anything. Yeah. 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 So it's very much a hobby and just an enjoyable aspect of my life now. And I've got so many friends in the scene that go all the way back to those early days. And it's, and they're nice people, lovely people. And it's great to be able to go somewhere and walk into a building and be like, Hey, it's my, my family, you know? Like yeah. My I think that's the same for all of us, right? That yeah. We, we know each other. Well, I mean, we go back 20 years, Steph and I go back 20 years, maybe more. 
and a lot of my other friends, Greg, etc., etc. When you go out, it is like just going to to see your family. It's it's a, like a fucked up family, admittedly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's you feel comfortable there, right? You yeah, got a bubble. Yeah. Like it's it's a safe space, and yeah, that's yeah for me. That's one of the big parts of doing what I do is the whole culture and and people that that surround that and and that's they're my friends they're like that's that's what i've developed i don't really know many people from school anymore you know these are people that are into what i'm into that have got the same uh the same outlook on life the same mentality the same you know thoughts and feelings so yeah i hear what you're saying man right let's let's play one of these tracks uh which one would you like to play Nat? um here once again or crazed kid uh let's do craze kid because here once again i actually re-released with the vinyl junkie so that's done a fair sort of rounds on the kind of breakbeat scene but i don't ever mm-hmm. feel like craze kids really being played that much so let's okay. bang that on and take a listen to that yeah awesome let's go this is traffic craze kid from 2010 <laughs>
Awesome, man. And uh, somebody in the chat has made uh, an observation, and I want to call it out because I think it's absolutely fucking spot on. Trax said um, uh, traffic is one of the big guys when it comes to tension in tracks. And I think that's absolute nailed it on the head that the way that you work the music and effective use of not only noise, but also quiet in tracks and silence really allows you to do that. And uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. So big up you, man. Yeah, thanks, man. That's all those pills I did back in the day. It's all those pills. What did you say, Steph? I said building an intensity through a track as well. It was like was always kind of there was just more and more and more and more all the time through the track yeah. like of energy. So which again is like a skill with Yeah, I mean I guess that I, I kind of struggle with um making tracks in the way that tracks are made nowadays with a lot of edits and chops and switching ups. i I have more of a kind of driving sort of intensity flow thing when I make tracks, you know, like with the hard techno stuff, it's just relentlessly driving all the time, you know, and that's, yeah. I, I like that, you know, that to me is more where I'm at when it comes to production. It's just like, just keeping it going. So you find a, a space inside your head, you know, where the music starts to take over you and it's, uh, it's not constantly changing and keeping you, you know, sort of like moving around all the time, you get into a zone with it, you know, it's, uh, Awesome. That's more me, I guess. I want to do a shout to Randy, who just gifted five subs in the chat. Thanks, buddy. Nice one. Respect for that. Um, appreciate it. People, somebody said they don't know what to do with this. What well, the, the membership scheme allows you to do several different things, but I'll come on to that after the end of this interview. So, now we're in. 2010 now um what's been going on since then for you um so yeah sort of uh sporadic parties around the world and meeting up with friends like i said and um doing a bit more breakbeat stuff like i've mentioned a couple of times already doing stuff mm -hmm. for vinyl junkie i i really enjoy doing those sort of old school ravey kind of breakbeat tracks. I know you guys played my Dreamland track on this show, which... Yeah, big fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed making that. And it's really nice to have that outlet now where I can release that. John's always, you know, sort of asking me for stuff and, and I'm happy about that. Mm. Um, haven't really done much hardcore production really recently, although I keep thinking about it and I'm sure I will at some point. Um, I don't really get asked so much anymore for hardcore releases, but I know there are a few people that have been waiting very patiently for stuff. And I keep saying, yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then a year making late, a breakbeat track. <laughs> I know. And then a year later, they're like, uh, sorry to bother you now, but are you still working on that track for me? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will do it. I promise. <laughs> Shout out to Al. <laughs> yeah. And Francis. <laughs> Sorry, Francis. I didn't even know, but I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, God, he asks. Oh, bless him. Yeah, it, I will well, do he's it. He's a big fan, you know that, right? I know, I know, yeah. I know. But it's yeah. it's definitely something that I will do at some point. I, I definitely want to do it. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, out of duress or anything. Like, no, no. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, of course, Live Evil. I mean, that's something that I am now fully involved with and have been for the last sort of several years. Mm -hmm. um, Simon sort of seemed to 
lose a bit of enthusiasm with it at, at one point and I called him up and I said look man you know let me help you know I'm happy to 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 get involved and take away some of the burden of you know trying to organize this stuff for you and we can do it together mm-hmm. and uh, he was very grateful for that and said yeah let's do that yeah. and um so I really enjoy doing that really enjoy doing those nights mm-hmm. they they're great fun um and uh, yeah, really looking forward to the next one on the seventeenth of, of uh, June. It's uh, going to be a great night. <laughs> what's, and no, what's I'm not telling you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this. <laughs> Those that know Live Evil will know roughly who's playing, but there are one or two sort of uh, surprises, I guess. Um, but yeah, we've we've. I, I spoke to Simon recently, and we've had a. A quite a lengthy chat about the future of what's happening and stuff so uh things are looking good and yeah yeah it's all good on that front wicked wicked yeah yeah so in summary you just taking easy cruising doing what makes what feels good to you and uh rightly yes. so you deserve it A- absolutely yeah thanks man awesome i think that you've been uh instrumental um in the evolution of industrial hardcore, UK hardcore, and break-driven hardcore, and that. Uh, and I just wanted to thank you for all you've done over the years. Um, your, oh, a lot of your records with the sound of my youth, especially when I was getting into this kind of thing. I've got loads of your records here. Um, and I'm just glad that I can call you my friend. Um, yeah, likewise, man. It's it's real, real honour for me. So thank you for coming on the show. And I know that, Steph, you go back with Nat too, so... Well, yes. I mean, we we kind of didn't get into this, but no, go go for it. People probably don't. People probably don't really uh, don't don't really know how how influential Nat has been on my career because he pretty much taught me how to make music on the computer because mm-hmm. I was hanging around your house learning from you when you were making all your tracks on the Amiga when I was like, yeah, when I hadn't done anything before. So yeah, you know that got the ball rolling for me. So you know, without meeting you, I might not be where I am today so you know massive respect and appreciation for everything I've learned from you in that time so yeah well thank you man and those were fun days I I have fond memories of, of us hanging out and yeah sitting in front of the Amiga in fact you you took the Amiga off my hands didn't you in the end yeah because I think when you said that, that first 1200 you had I ended up getting that didn't you, I? you did yeah, yeah. I, I'd taken it out of the a case and put it in a tower with a CD yeah. drive and various expansion cards and stuff in it and um when I eventually moved over to PC, you you took the Amiga off my hands. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, my very first track was written on Octomed on that Amiga, which was released on Corrupt Records. Yeah, so, you all, see, all, we were all. <laughs> <laughs> all there he is again, Matt again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Rich Drox has just dropped in the chat saying, "I just wanted to say that incriminating evidence was a huge influence of mine." I'll check the full show later. Easy, Richard. Love you, bro. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Yeah, well, wicked. You've been a great guest, Nat. Well, thank, thank you thank for having you. me. It's uh, I was a little oh. nervous about coming on, but I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, and it's been well, it's, great sharing all of this with you and going back through down memory lane and stuff. It's been really enjoyable. So, thank you, man. I really like to put all this stuff on record. Uh, as I was explaining to you the other day, I'm like a nerd for hardcore and the whole universe and how it all fits together. So, to get your perspective and your take especially as a person from the uk which is quite close to me to understand that other side that 
you came from because we all came from yeah. different places so yeah. that's like really important to me and i'm very very thankful that we got time to do it in a, a more long form thing and uh, to be able to ask you questions and uh not be shouting in a club or in a backstage or whatever so it's, it's nice to have that, yeah. you know, that yeah. real connection so thank you so much and uh, massive respect to you dude really thank you thank you, man. Thank you. okay let's go on to the next section uh, that was the end of the interview section. We're going to move on to what's hot in a moment. But before we do, um, somebody asked some questions about the, what the membership stuff is, et cetera, et cetera. If you guys want to take a quick break, then you can. Go ahead. Um, so the memberships scheme is... Um, boom, boom. Take this off. Okay, so... The membership thing, like Randy gifted a load of subs before, and basically what that is is um, membership to the Oblivion channel. So what he gifted there were uh, one-month subscriptions to the channel. What these subscriptions do is they allow us to uh, develop and grow the channel. As you saw, we're adding the DJ producer to the channel soon, and we've got lots of other content coming that's going to be educational, uh, music, uh, just lots of different cool stuff that you're going to enjoy. Um, and to allow us to do that and to allow us to run the show at the, the level of quality that we do, it takes a little bit of money. So if you want to support us, you don't have to, obviously, uh, but if you want to support us, you can. You can go over to the YouTube channel and you can join our membership scheme. For $1.99 per month, you get 5% discount at oblivionunderground.com. You get shout-outs because we can see your name better. You get access to the community and you get Discord member ranks. Uh, we have a Discord channel. Uh, I'll come on to that after. For Tier 2, you get uh, free Oblivion Underground digital releases when they come out. Um, so if you're already buying Oblivion releases, if you subscribe to this, you get them free. Um quite very easy priority notification for merch drops sometimes we have extremely limited merchandise drops you will get the first notification on them so as we said about the record before it's already sold out it's 50 euros now on uh, on uh, discogs the uh outside agency records sold out all but two records the trip uh records pretty much sold out the detest record i think we've only got like 20 left or something ridiculous our stuff sells out so if you want first notification of when that is available, then you can get it by doing this. Uh, also, members-only live chats, that's something that we're going to be bringing very soon, where we have live chats within the Discord where you can ask about anything you want, whether that be DJing stuff, uh, production stuff, uh, streaming stuff, whatever. There's going to be an open forum for you to be able to do that. That also includes everything from the previous tier, by the way. So tier one and then tier two gets everything from tier one. Then for tier three, this is like our super member level. For $9.99 a month, you get regular vouchers, Oblivion Underground and Hardcore Beer so that you can go and get merch, whatever you want for massive reductions. And you get early access, so you get added to the Oblivion promo list. So when we put releases out, you get the music before the public. You get it at the same time as uh, the DJs, etc., etc. Members only videos and priority reply to comments because we can see your name in the chat. So that's what we do for the membership scheme. Um, and that allows you to join. Also, well, you can still join 
but let me just bring this up so you can go onto our discord so we have a discord channel if you'd like to go in there it's completely free to go in there if you just want to be a normal user um and yeah there's there's jay's toenail look <laughs> you get this kind of amazing content by going onto the discord so the discord is like think about it like irc uh, mixed with messenger mixed with uh skype mixed with there's like it's it's like old school forums all of that kind of stuff and we've got different zones for stuff chit chat uh, members only area community chat so we talk specifically about the show there's a creative zone where people are asking questions about production djing stuff uh, gaming graphic design video design streaming any of this stuff that you can just jump in there and start talking about it and people will reply there's 150 people in the community at the moment there's a section for tracks for posting your dj sets live streams talk about movies there's all of this kind of stuff's there and it's away from the usual you know social media that people get sucked into this is like separate from that you can go and talk there's no censorship there and uh yeah you're all very welcome so um if you'd like to get involved in any of that then you can the discord is completely free the stream is completely free and always will be completely free but if you want to support us then you can that's it really um that's the end of my propaganda. Thanks for listening. So next up, we have got the what's hot section. What's hot? Within the what's hot section, we play all the coolest shit that's dropping in the scene right now. So what's hot, Steph? I don't know. Tell me. I tell you, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> I'll tell you what's hot. <laughs> This is the DJ producer with Want Some More, which is either out or about to be out. Let's go.
Yeah, man. It's your boy, Luke Producer, on that old school yeah. vibe, man. Fucking Nate. I love it when he's on this flow. Um, you can get this right now on uh, Rave Radio Records. I'm going to bring that up on the screen right now. Um, here you go. Uh, I'm going to paste this in the chat. Go and fucking support that, man. Look at look at who's on the record. Tim Repo, who's absolutely on fire at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Dave Skywalker, Secret Squirrel, which is uh, Cobby Hellfish's alias. Yeah. Uh Criminal Minds, DJ Producer, Z Neo, Jack Smooth, Hornacy Hardcore, LSD on there as well, Tri Unity, Huvarian Blur, and Wheezy. Sick release. Luke on fire. Go and get it. Go and get it. I'm going to just fly through these now because there's a lot of cool music out at the moment. Next up, we have got um, Promo and Lenny D, I Called You, Cancel Remix. Bit of techno. Let's go.
This is, uh, I called you uh, by Learning D and Promo. This is the Cancel, a.k.a. Ignean System remix. This is on Broken Strain, which is a sub-label of the third movement slash heresy. Um, I put a link in the chat. Go and support that shit. It's fucking great. Next up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right up my alley, that as well. I love it. Really good. Next up. Smirk or S Merk talking to me. Forthcoming or just come out, not sure, on prospect. Let's get a bit of drum and bass business on the go. Smirk, or Smirk as I like to call them, talking to me on Prospect, heavy old school, jungly, ravey, drum and bassy vibes. 
Yeah, cool like, tune, man. Yeah, these guys are all, sick. All, all three so far, amazing. Really good. I've just put yeah. a link in the chat. Uh, it's boom, boom. Here on the Prospect site. It's out on Vine. No, it's not on vinyl. This is a digital release. But you can get it there on the Prospect site. Six euros for fucking five tracks. No brainer. Just go and get it if that's what you're into. Easy peasy. Next up, bit more stuff on the drum and bass tip. Forthcoming Sinister Souls and Counter Strike about to drop on Prospect. This is full auto. Lego. <laughs> Big and do this yeah. job too.
heavy. Shout out to Justin, Counter Strike, Fred, Sinister Souls, big shit. I saw Justin uh, three weeks ago in Berlin. Doing well. Smashed the fucking place up. He <laughs> did big time. But yeah, big tunes. Uh, uh, Richard's asking, do you play some hardcore too? Yeah, I'm going to play some next for you, Richard. Don't don't you worry, buddy. I'm on it. Uh, yeah, that's out on Prospect next week, I think, that comes out. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one. Wicked tune. Next up, we have got an exclusive. Steph. Ooh. Yeah, so this is... Uh, we're going to play a forthcoming Dungeons Dragons track, which is the alias collaboration of you and Dolphin. So uh, tell us. So this is one of two tracks that's going to be on an EP on Prospect in about a month, I think it's coming out, end of May, um, to coincide with our Bolter first performance. So um, yeah, this is the 175, slightly more melodic of the two tracks on the EP. Um, so yeah, that's, right. that's, that's it really. Let's do it. Dungeons Dragons through the prism. Let's go. play too much of it because that is triple ruin it, exclusive yeah. <laughs> uh but heavy man i can't very wait nice to see... Steph. very nice Cheers. yeah yeah, yeah i can't it. wait to to see and hear this this thing that you're working on it's going to be fantastic so big up how is it how are you finding it working with uh with with greg regarding like workflow and 
stuff. How's it going? It's really cool, actually. I mean, I think we're both uh, really happy with how it's kind of working off each other. So, yeah, there's there's no stagnation. We're knocking the tracks out. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, that's it's, it's actually working probably better than I expected it, to be honest. Um, awesome. So, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, Richard Druck says, uh, Yo, Steph, I played the task again at a terror party. When the hell are we doing a collab? Oh, <laughs> well, we have mentioned this before, actually, haven't we? Because we yeah. both, well, we both love, well, the, the, the point that we kind of always talk about is the Mothman current value track, which is like insane kind of super speed drumming. And the task is a bit similar to that. And also um, Boonshin, all about this, is like another crazy track. So we thought, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe bring those two worlds together and, and make something. So, yeah, it, it probably does need to happen. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Make it happen. <laughs> wicked, wicked, and that track was fantastic. Great work. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up, this one crept through uh, halfway through the month. Uh, this is uh, Carbide on Heresy. This is Mindbreak. Let's go.
Right, Carbide, Mind Break, uh, coming out of the School of Ignean System Hard Knocks with clear, um, I think, Igor influences and some Satan kind of stuff, big stereo kicks. I really like that shit, man. Ruckus Causer. That's available now on uh, Heresy slash Third Movement Bandcamp. Let me just bring that up. Uh, that's here. Putting a link in the chat. Absolute wrecker go and support it guys all right we've got one more track to play um if you've got questions we have a question and answer section which follows this section so get them in the chat now um and we'll get them answered nothing's off bounds really within reason um, <laughs> um nat's frozen on my screen are you there nat Oh no! Still, oh wow! You're I'm just, just really keeping still. very still. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! All right, let's play something that makes you a bit more lively. Um, <laughs> Prime Fury and Hellfish, Silverlung. Let's go. <laughs>
Alright, Silverlong by Hellfish and Brian Fury, or Brian Fury and Hellfish as it's listed here. Um, that's available now on uh, Death Chant Records Bandcamp. I think it's Death Chant 10, I want to say 105. I'm not sure. There's absolute tirade of them coming out at the moment. Um, loads of good shit forthcoming. But yeah, if you want to grab it, go and grab it there. A few euros, you can get it. Easy. Um, yeah, so that's it from the What's Hot section. Um, put it somewhere here. What's hot? So that was the end of that section, and it brings us to the penultimate part of the show. Um, we're at the questions and answers section, and I've already got some questions and answers in here. Well, not answers, I've got questions uh, in here. But first of all, I want to say thank you to new members for this show. Sign 909 signed up. Agent Orange signed up to a membership. And Marcel Cass, big up. Thanks for joining. Appreciate it a lot. So we've got some questions. Uh, are you guys, can you guys hear me okay? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I've got a question here, which is uh, a paid question, actually, from uh, Randy. Traffic has an idea or wantingness to teach music and or production outside of a masterclass ever come to mind? I think we already answered that, right? Because <laughs> you did it. Yeah. I mean, I, I taught in the college for, for 10 years. Um, and also did stuff outside of that as well at the time in my studio, did quite a few private jobs and stuff as well. But uh, it's not something that I'm really interested in doing anymore, to be honest. Um, but I have done that, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Nat, what is your high score on the arcade cabinet in the background? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> my pride and joy. Yeah, that uh, runs hundreds of games. I built that myself. Love it. It's got all the old classics on. So what's your what's your favourite one favorite? that you play on that? Yeah. Oh crikey, I've got so many. I've got I've got light guns for it, so I'm always going to point blank. I love I've got a thing about point blank, love that. But yeah, Robotron as well. One of those old Williams games like Defender, you know, that those sort of vector graphics type things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love those. Yeah. Awesome. Next up, uh, question for Nat. You previously recorded a mix for me for the History of Hardcore show on Hard Sound Radio, which was amazing. But... Thank you. There's no toenail involved in this question. But <laughs> what would you consider to be the best set you've ever done? Oh, oh what a question. God. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> the answer to that. <laughs> uh, oh, God, no, no I, I can't. I can't think. Impossible question. I mean, there, yeah, there have been some sets I've walked away from and gone, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I honestly can't think. What, I mean, what, what was the, the most recent set that you enjoyed playing? Let me make the question easy. Uh, re the most recent one that I enjoyed was probably uh, the Fuck the Borders party in Berlin. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff, the chef. Uh, got me over for that yeah. and it was a great night um dj scar kayleen was playing it was a good varied selection of music all night i was on at 
some unearthly hour of like seven in the morning. It was daylight when I went on and the warehouse rules, was, baby. mate, honestly, <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, I got, I got to the hotel, I got to bed, you know what I mean? And I got up the next morning, walked into this fucking warehouse. It was packed. And like, <laughs> nice. I went on at seven in the morning and it was actually the first time I'd ever done a whole hour and a half DJ set of only my own tracks. Mm-hmm. It was a hundred percent traffic and um, it was great. I loved it. It was really good. It was something I'd never done before and it went down really well. There was a lot of old school people in there and um, yeah, I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, next question. Nat, any chance that we'll see you in Holland again this year or at Bangface? <laughs> well, <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Go and hassle the promoters, Floris. Yeah, fancy a little extended weekend away, don't you, mate? <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you never know. Hardcore Chief says, Bitch One was, I think Bitch One was an offshoot of Social Parasite. Is that linked to a previous question that I've missed there? Yeah, sorry, I'd answered that. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, um, what was the guy's name? Uh, Lee, I think his name was, who ran yeah. Social Parasite. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he started up Bitch Records because he wanted a more sort of, you know, terror kind of label. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so he asked me to do, you know, some sort of more kind of like relentless faster more heavy tracks yeah for that which i did um yeah but i don't think much came of that label i don't know if he did any more after that i don't, yeah, know. I don't know how many releases there were was it no. just the one or i think it might have just been right the now. one yeah let's find out right now because we have the internet <clears throat> one second uh traffic and then through that door it was 2010 that was wasn't it bitch record 2002 sorry my bad well yeah um, yeah only eight years out it was just that one release yeah social parasite yeah what was the thing he used to do uh he used to be on the north flies it wasn't just social parasite he did something cheeky charis that's it yeah 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 yeah, absolutely yeah um Death Machine, not a question, but this is from Agent Zero. I was so in awe with the Engines of Creation album. Well done. We've been pumping it out in our car back then every night. Nice. You should check the other album as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> uh, yeah, Marcel, yeah. <laughs> Marcel Cast paying his respect. Uh, I just want to say, Traffic, thanks for all the hard work you put into the scene. UK hardcore underground, man. Thank um, you, man. Somebody asking what kind of beer, Stu Wild, what kind of beer do you brew? What's your favourite beer? And, oh, that's the bitch one question. Okay, yeah, so let's just do the first bit. Um, what beer do you brew and what's your favourite beer? I brew all sorts of beer, all styles, sour beers, saisons, traditional English ales, IPAs, West Coasts, New Englands, everything. Um, my favourite? Yeah. <laughs> My favourite style of beer changes. Um, Like most people, I went through a massive phase of drinking hazy IPAs, the New England style, super hoppy jobs, but I kind of grew tired of them. And now I'm going through a a German beer phase. Um, I love well-made German beer. In fact, for my 50th birthday this year, uh, my missus took me to Bamberg for four days and I went to the old breweries there. Some of those breweries there are like six, seven hundred years old. 
Wow. And it was amaz- amazing cool. drinking traditional German beer straight straight from the casks. It was incredible. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I've just opened a Champagne Brut Champagne ah, beer. Brut IPA, Ele- yeah. It's a pretty yeah, strong ele- one as well, isn't it? 11%. 11 <laughs> Finishing the night strong, lads. Yeah, yeah. fuck it. Fuck about. <laughs> right, what other questions have we got here? Um, da, 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 any other questions? No, not there. Let me scroll down. Um, excuse me. Uh, Danny Crash. Question for Nat. Hi, I used to visit my brother's squat in Broccoli in 96. We had lots of NGFM tapes. The first time I met Dolphin in Third Planet, I gave him a Marie Chantal tape to uh. ID some track. Wow. And then furthermore, which he did, but one Holy Grail track remains unidentified. I lost the te- tapes years ago, so I'm wondering if there are any NGFM archive recordings from around 95. Yes, there are. I've got a couple that somebody sent me. Uh, I did have some tapes, um, which are shoved in a box somewhere um, that I never digitised. But yeah, I've, I have seen a few knocking around. There's a few on YouTube, um, but I did a lot of shows. I mean, three years every Saturday night. So that's a lot of shows. Mm. Um, but yeah, they do exist. People do share them around. I have seen them on the internet. Mm-hmm. yeah but okay. i can't really help you much i mean i've only got a couple myself mm-hmm. um like i say somebody sent them to me they're not ones that i recorded yeah one from butterfest for traffic will you take part in the upcoming remix competition yeah may, maybe um you can if you want send, send me send me the uh the stems or the samples and i'll have a look yeah yeah okay. for sure cool yeah yeah it's it's open to everybody uh, last year, Sinister Souls slash Exaggerate was one of the winners. It's an established artist, so anybody can enter, but we will give precedence to new and up-and-coming, and there'll be a couple of other people on there as well. But I would love for you to, to be in the competition now. Um, yeah, I'll, give, I'll, I'll have a look, yeah. Awesome. Um, we, might, we might drag Nat out of retirement, Steph, with the, the remix competition, <laughs> imagine. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, yeah. The antagonist says, "Do you like cider, Nat? And have you ever tried making any?" Uh, I do like cider. Uh, we don't get a lot of it in London, to be fair. There's not a big scene for it. Um, you go outside of London, down the West Country, there's loads. And whenever I'm down there, I'm always uh, bang on it. Yeah, I, I love cider, and I have tried making it at home, um, but only a couple of times. And I'm going to be honest, not from apples, but from apple juice. Um, but yeah, it's not really something that I would consider making at the brewery because we don't really sell that much of it. Um, Lars says, did I hear shots oblivion underground? No, because shots is at 100 likes gang and the 60 at the moment. So if you haven't hit that like button, hit it now. If we get it to a hundred, then I'll do a shot, whatever. I haven't got work tomorrow. And I try and force these guys as well. Just need a sip of that champagne beer. That's worth. That's pretty much a shot anyway, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's getting there, mate. I can feel it warming me up. <laughs> um, Steph, are you worried that the Dread Remix competition might birth a better version of your track? 
So there's a possibility, isn't it? It's, it's always the case with a remix, isn't it? Like, yeah. it might be better than the original, which I think is a good thing because it can elevate a track to what it, more than what it was before. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And let's not forget, guys, that as part of this release, Steph will be doing his own remix too. So he can also beat the track. So be careful. Be careful what you wish for. Is, is Jay implying that the original was shit? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh. Knowing Jay, he's just shit posted and trying to bait you out. I can hear an echo of myself. Okay. Um, oh, I can definitely hear an echo. Somebody got me turned up loud. Um, let me just check this. Um, Test. Test. Okay. Whoever no, changed good. something, it worked. I think. Okay. Um, what else have we got here? Da, 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 da. What is the most underrated obscure label that you love? Is that a general question, I guess? Let's, let's go to Steph first. What's the most obscure, oh underrated label that you love? I only said you first because I'm going to think. <laughs> God. Jesus. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. And it's not underrated and it's not obscure, but it is quite niche and it's Love Hurts. I've got a real big love for that label. That's a good channel. Uh, yeah, a, fair play. For, for Steph Fracture 4 as well. Uh, I love um, that emotional hardcore stuff. It's rare that I get a chance to play. I played a few neurocore bits and whatever in the past, but it's the style that I play normally is very like unrelenting and like party mode stuff. So it's difficult to have the opportunity to play that. But that is one of my favorite labels in hardcore without a doubt. Yeah. So that's mine. That's a really good one. Yeah. So. What's that you same? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do the same, bro. <laughs> Go on, Steph. What you got? Oh, I haven't got anything. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, Love Hurts is a brilliant one to call. Um, yeah, I just can't think of any others, really. That are that obscure. Right, I'm going to let Net, uh, let Steph uh, dwell on it. Nat, what you got? Oh, no, don't ask me. I have oh, no Oh, come idea. on, you can't both cop out on me. <laughs> well, uh, crikey. I mean, I'm not super up with all the latest stuff, to be honest. Uh, um yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I think you kind of nailed it with Steph's label, to be honest. Like, everything I've heard on that Love Hurts thing is just amazing. And I, mm -hmm. it's not the sort of stuff I would ever really feel comfortable playing out. Um, but it's great to listen to. It's uh, amazing yeah. music, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't I'm, really know. I'm moving on because you lot are terrible at this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go um, for a quick piss. I'll be back in one second. Go for sec. it. Um, John Pert, will we have a producer release on Oblivion Records now he's also doing the radio show? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I, there's a question here for Nat. Um, but he's not there, so... Um, Richard says he's off. Take care. Take care, buddy. See you later, mate. Um... A uh, short one on the side of oblivion. What, 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 what? Um, 
Any more questions, guys? Uh, Jay said, did I ever listen to your Love Hurts mix? Yes, Jay, I listen to all of your mixes, bro. You're a fantastic DJ. Really listen, love to listen to your stuff in the gym all the time, actually. Um, Oblivion Underground, what's your favourite release of Death Machine and Traffic? Ooh. Okay, so... Bias, I like Dread a lot. That's bias. But I also like Photon Pain a lot. Um, and the VIP of Photon Pain a lot. Big fan of that. Um, because it's got different elements to it. And that's what I like to play in my sets. I like to not just have straight 4-4 all the time. I like to play bass music, rap, metal, whatever. So that track for me, it allows me to play that into something at 200 and come down to some kind of bass music thing, but also throw an acapella over the top or throw a, another thing over the top and create my own mashups to it. So uh, Photon Pain is, is, is one of my top ones from Steph because I consider it to be not only a good track, but a, dare I say, DJ tool. It's, a, it's really cool for that for me. So, uh, and from Nat, I think it's uh, Point Break, I think. Um, but, uh, Nat, there's a question here for you somewhere. Um, one second. Oh, I've lost it. It was from tracks. Uh, tracks, 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 tracks. Uh, oh my god, I can't. See. What are my favourite crisps? Plain, oh. easy. <laughs> oh, somebody's doing the crisps question again. Oh my, who's doing the crisps question? This caused the uproar the last time. <laughs> Who? Wait, wait, wait. Where, where is it? Who asked that question? It's just a couple up. I can't see it. Ian, sorry. Oh, Ian. When you say plain, do you mean ready sorted? Ready sorted, mate. Just plain old ready sorted oh, crisps. Yeah. Yeah. I I like salt and vinegar, and I tell you why I like salt and vinegar because they're fucking brilliant with beer. But also, you can't get them here. I live in Belgium. So right. when I go to the UK, I have to buy multi-pack <laughs> bags of salt and vinegar crisps and import them myself. <laughs> yeah, so salt and vinegar, mate. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be quite partial to salt and vinegar too, yeah. yeah. Steph, what are you saying? I'm really sorted, actually. Yeah, I'm with Nat on that one. Yeah. I like really sorted too. Yeah. Good for banging yeah. on sandwiches. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oblivion Underground, what was the most ridiculous... Oh. Here we go. Nat, what was the most ridiculous thing you experienced at a French party? Ridiculous thing. At a French party. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. One of the most disappointing things at a French party was when I played at the after party for the techno parade and the promoter had hired out this huge like aircraft hangar sized venue. There must've been four or 5,000 people in this place. It was fucking huge and had a light and sound system that would have done a club for about 200 people. It was very disappointing. Like it was really quiet and there were literally like two little moving headlights on the stage. And it was like, <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty ridiculous. 
can't really think of anything else. They, they, you know, pretty standard, I guess. Mm-hmm. They have noise restrictions in France, which there was there was a club that I played at, and the sound kept cutting out all night because. Yeah, it went over the legally allowed 98 dB or whatever it was, oh, which was pretty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So many bad memories of sound restrictions, yeah. man. Fuck, it's like the DJ's worst enemy, isn't it? Oh, it's like so Like kryptonite of DJs. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was Boomtown in nine. Oh, yeah, quite a few years ago now. Me and Luke were playing back to back, and this, the, they were like completely on top of the sound restrictions. And it was just ridiculous. It was like almost unplayable. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Jay Trusted, you made a much slower track with Resilient. Would you or have you recently done a full slow set? Not a full. uh, uh, Sorry to interrupt, but didn't you play slow at Greg's birthday? Yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've always loved that stuff. I just haven't really had so much of an opportunity lately to play slow stuff. But there will be an opportunity soon to play slow stuff, which is going to be announced soon. Oh, cryptic. Mm. Okay. Oh, never mind. Hmm? No, I'm, I'm, I'm putting two and two together. You're putting two and two together. 700. <laughs> okay. Um, da, 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 da. Any more questions? Last questions. Anybody? Uh, Chris Chris Johnstone saying, looking forward to species on Saturday. Hope to see some people down there for different. Yeah, if you are in the UK and you haven't got anything to do Saturday, get yourself to Manchester. Go and see Death Machine, Devastator, and a whole bunch of other cool people throwing down some hardcore in a really small venue. If you don't know species, one of the the the, the main Hardcore nights in the UK of the early 2000s, real underground vibe. Um, and every time they do a party, they try to recreate the vibe that we had at the park in Manchester. Really small, intimate venues, big sound. So uh, yeah, get yourself to Manchester and check it out. Um, yeah, it should be a good one, yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously um, a big one my early days, Species was. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, so, I love I that was, place. I, I met, that was where I first met you, Steph, at... Species, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. actually, yeah. 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 Um, Nat, is there a person you would really like, to, still like to book at one of your parties that you've not had chance to yet? Yeah, yeah, there are several. Uh, I can't really go into it too much, but uh, just because of the way things are in London and the extremely tight budgets and stuff, there have been a few people that I've tried with Simon to get on for Live Evil, but it just hasn't. It hasn't been able to work out, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, there are there are several people. Um, Can you give us one name to just to satisfy him? Because he won't stop. He's relentless. <laughs> uh, tried to get Delta Nine. Dave. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Yeah, tried really hard to get Dave over, but um, you know the budgets for Live Evil are, are tight. They're really mm-hmm. tight. And it was just, it was just, you know, when we factored in all of the costs for everything, it was just, it just couldn't happen, which was a real shame because it was close. We were close, close to getting him. Um, so yeah, I was gutted about that. And um, 
Yeah, well, there's loads. There's there's quite yeah. a few, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. If if we were to divulge all the people we nearly booked or would like to book, <laughs> we'd either get in trouble or look yeah. stupid or whatever. So yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, Agent Zero. This is a regular question that we get, but I'm going to do it anyway. What are your opinions on techno merging into hardcore? Uh, well, hasn't there always been like mm -hmm. that crossover? I mean, that's a lot yeah. of the stuff that I used to DJ out when I was playing regularly was, you know, crossing over from techno into hardcore. I've always loved that stuff. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier on, I like the relentless drive of hard techno. And if you, and if you can intensify that into a hardcore track, then to me, that's a kind of crossover thing. And I've always loved that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Um, I don't think it's anything new. I think we're about to experience no. another t part of a 20-year cycle. We're going to see the hard end of techno meet the slow end of hardcore. There's going to be fusion. It's it's just it's just cycles. I just see cycles repeating. Uh, I I think it's great. I think people should be making different shit. I see Angerfist just made a new alias called Maze hunter is it or maze something good good it, people should be diversifying what they're making and matter of fact most of these people have probably been making this stuff on the side for ages and then they finally decided oh i'm gonna put this out um i don't think that there's the the the, the boundaries within music really exist or, or should exist people should just be able to do what the fuck they want and if that happens to be techno and they make hardcore, then whatever. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's only going to be good for the hardcore scene for people from techno who are, let's be honest, a younger crowd, um, certainly within the industrial scene anyway, a, a younger crowd to be coming into our scene and um, getting captivated by industrial hardcore or underground hardcore or mainstream hardcore good it's fucking brilliant it it has to happen these cycles have to happen people we have to have the the turnover of people to to make things carry on happening and then, yeah it's brilliant in my eyes yeah i think any, anything that breeds that creativity is a good thing mm. because it brings new ideas in from both sides of it yeah and it, it creates something new yeah that's how things evolve, right? People come with a new idea. Oh, I know this from techno. Boom, there we go. It's suddenly a new thing is created or, a, yeah. It's, that's what I've yeah. always loved about the scene ever since the very beginning is that it's just an experimental playground. And, yeah. yeah, there are trends and there are certain formulas and things like that. But compared to all the other electronic music scenes, you really can do such a huge variation of stuff. And That's what's beautiful about hardcore. It's no rules. Yeah. Do what you want. No, no, mm. no. But to be able to play a DJ set that starts off at 150 BPM with acid and end at 280 BPM, you know, full on industrial hardcore. Let's I mean, go. you know, <laughs> you yeah, can't think else. No other genre. No, no. no other scene is like that. No, no. Yeah. Shout to Francis Tripp, by the way, because that's what he's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my boy. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Floris is asking, Nat, whose skills on the turntables in hard electronic music are, in your eyes, the most amazing you've ever witnessed? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> swerve. <laughs> Ma yeah. Okay. Major swerve. 
Okay. No, I mean we all know who's who's good at scratching, and you know it's it's something that I grew up admiring greatly and did myself. And people who know me, you know, quite personally and know my history, have always said to me, "Why don't you do more scratching and stuff when you DJ?" Because I don't really, and it is a bit crazy given that that's where I kind of started. But I don't know. To me, it was very much a hip hop thing. And, you know, I was a fan of what DJ Hype was doing back in the early rave days. But even then, you know, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it was more a hip hop thing and not really a kind of electronic dance music thing. But but I, I, I love, you know, what Mark does and Simon and uh, Ben as well from Surgeon 16. He's great on the decks, you know, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm going to call it on the question soon. I'm going to do three more. Um, Danny's asking, I'm a big fan of Prodigy. I've seen them last year in Brixton. It was different, but great. What are your thoughts about them now? Well, I stay up to date with their stuff and I do listen to all the new stuff that comes out and I don't really like most of it, to be honest. There are a few tracks that I do like, but most of it I'm not super keen on really. Uh, but their live shows are always awesome. Like I go with my mate, Chris, we always go, it's our thing. You go and we get pissed up first and then we go to Brixton Academy. We watch the prodigy and it fucking, it takes your face off, you know, whatever, whatever the tunes, it's just the them. best, the best. They're just mental. Yeah. They're best. just mental. Yeah. <laughs> and the first and time it- I ever, sorry, the first time I ever saw them was at uh, a dance 91 big rave up in Pickett's Lock in London, like a good couple of thousand people in 91. And that was when, you know, they were doing Pandemonium and, and tracks like that. And yeah, I mean, fucking hell, man. It was just, you know, you could see right right there from the very beginning that they were going to, you know, if anyone was going to make it out of that scene, it was going to be them, you know. Mm. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah, and I think Keith has been a big loss. Yeah. I, I have not, you know, I'm a massive Prodigy fan, a massive fan of Keith. I don't know how that's going to translate i haven't been to see them since or i haven't even seen any videos of them yeah i went to their last show without keith yeah 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 it was still good i mean you know they did a little paid homage to him and said a few words and everything but didn't dwell on it you know and Mm. they they still did the tracks that you know that he sort of was involved in and everything but um oh it was still good man it's still the prodigy i would 100 still go Oh yeah, it's still going to be a crusher. The amount of times I've been crushed at Prodigy gigs, yeah, absolutely loved every minute of it, and I would do it all over again, over and over again. So uh, yeah, 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 it's fun. Yeah, um, two more questions. Uh, first of all, Agent Zero is saying thanks for answering. He missed the previous wave. Uh, this is techno to hardcore, right? Um, pre- previous wave because of my age, but seeing, but now seeing eighteen-year-olds. Dancing crazy to crazy hardcore and techno kicks, and it's awesome to see. Completely agree. Get them in. Get them indoctrinated into our cult. Um, next up, we've got... Um, oh, actually, I've come to the end. All right. No more questions. That's it. Good questions, though, guys. Yeah. Really, really. So we've come to the end of the show. Um, and that I want to thank you again. You're an absolute gentleman. Thanks um, for having me. I echo everything that I said before, but also that you're a a lovely person and and 
you know, it's just nice to hang out with you. So thank you very much for being you. You're a, you're a beautiful person. Thank you. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you very yeah. much. And Steph, thank you for being my co-host here. I really appreciate All it. Right. Yeah, it's great, great to come on. And yeah, like obviously great to go through the memories with Nat as well, because yeah, it, it's a, quite a big part of my history as well. So it's nice to kind of reminisce on that. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for everyone in the chat. Uh, big up. Thanks for sticking about till the end. Um, if you didn't already drop a like, then do it. Um, shouts to everybody behind the scenes. Shout to Cam and Jay who helped me co-produce the show. Shout to all the moderators. Shout to all the members. A big up to you guys. Um, without you, it wouldn't even exist. Um, we do need to do a picture for the thumbnail because Jay will cry if we don't. So we have to do a cheesy picture. You ready? Three, two, <laughs> one, go. There you go, Jay. There's your thumbnail. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's easier than trying to stitch them together, believe me. Um, yeah, I guess that that was it. Next show in a month, DJ producer coming up. Also, the Oblivion podcast will be starting up again soon. Um, Jay is going to be running that, Jay Trusted. So anybody listening who's a DJ artist wants to do an oblivion podcast get in touch with jay trusted and he will hook that up um yeah i think that's it uh anything from you guys to promote sell say anything remaining no i mean <laughs> we've been through like i'm a species on saturday that's probably the the, the most imminent thing so if anyone's yeah. interested check it out go get in to manchester it'll be a good one okay sick I'm going to close on something different. And for something different this time, we have got Dr. Peacock and Hell Creator with Untold Prophecy, which is an AI-made video clip. So enjoy. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Bye. Let's see if I can get this working. Go. Cool.